0: This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A
1: Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous
2: offers. Worker of yours.
3: WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOTL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The
4: Revolution
3: will be broadcast. This is the missing. next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, Rich Zioli.
5: So the Republicans kicked out George Santos, and now the Democrats have that seat. Really smart. That was a brilliant, brilliant move. And there was a big snowstorm, so the Republican votes were not there because people in the Republican Party are still not embracing early voting, even though they have to because it's what the Democrats are doing. So yeah, great move kicking out Santos. Get a good pat on the back for rising to virtue. At the left, will care about for eight seconds. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. You know, when Republicans do stupid things like that, to think that they're getting some sort of points or something from, I don't know, the corporate media, uh, the left, I don't really know what the point of doing stuff like that is. All it does is blow up in their face. Uh, They might get praised for five seconds and then realize now you're down a vote. You're down a Republican vote. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to votes, comes down to counting votes. And, you know, Santos is out. And now you got this Democrat in. And there, there you go. Great strategy. Meanwhile, in the U.S. Senate, Bob Menendez is still a sitting United States indicted, corrupt senator getting foreign briefings and classified briefings on the Senate Foreign Intelligence Committee. So, you know. At some point, maybe Republicans will learn this lesson, but probably not because there's still so many of them that want to just do the right thing as opposed to just win, you know, as opposed to just win, because we are this is an epic battle for this country. And now we're a vote down and the Democrats have one more vote and they all vote in lockstep. If you haven't noticed, you know, three Republicans yesterday defected and voted against impeaching Mayorkas. For what reason? It's dead in arrival in the Senate. Why not just stand united as a party and send a message to the American people? But they have to virtue signal. They got to clutch the pearls. They got to show everybody that they're uh, above partisan rancor, blah, blah, blah. And Democrats don't play that game. They all rally together and they do what needs to be done to get the ball across the finish line. And I I, I feel as if I've been saying this now for years. I think I've said this so many times. I think I've I've made fun enough of the bipartisan nonsense about reaching across the aisle to the point now where I don't even bother bringing it up anymore. You know, the Mitt Romneys, the Liz Cheneys and all these other people that think they're going to be in the good graces of the Democrats. For what purpose? I mean, what, what, what purpose? Do the Democrats ever moderate? No. They are hell-bent on driving their agenda through. That's what they're trying to do. And the Republicans, quite frankly, stink at defense. They really do. Because that's, let's face it, that's all we're doing right now is playing defense. Until so hopefully we can win back the White House in November. But as of right now, we're just playing defense. That's all we're doing. And we're play, trying to play defense in the House, offense to the best we can, but really that offense is muted in the sense that we don't have the ability to actually remove Mayorkas because of the Senate. We don't have the ability to remove Joe Biden in the Senate. So really what we're talking about here is we're talking about playing defense, trying to stop things, you know, trying to stop the foreign aid bill from going through, trying trying to stop whatever crazy spending plans that Biden's trying to push through. That's what we're trying to do at this point or they're trying to do, I should say, at this point. And that's it. And that's all they can do, because, you know, honestly, the battle for the truth that we're all trying to find it's not easy, and it's getting more difficult. The corporate media, you know, joined in with the unholy triad of the big tech and the government, and it's getting harder and harder to find the truth of things. Even the woman who played one of my favorite characters on The Sopranos said that exact thing to Megan Kelly. That's right. Adriana, the actress who played Adriana, said that to Megan Kelly on her podcast, When she was talking about conservatism being the only place to go and find some semblance of truth. I'll get to that. We have a lot to get to. We have some great guests coming on the show as well. And um, we have a wonderful, wonderful uh, abbreviated show. So uh, three hours today instead of four because we have Penn State basketball on at six o'clock today. Don't cry for me. My wife's away. I am on dad duty. I got kid duty all week. So my father-in-law is here to help. Uh, it's fine. It's okay. It's all right. Don't worry about it. We'll 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 get through this together. And of course, yesterday during the show, that story broke. Matt Taibbi, Michael Schellenberger's piece, really getting into the heart of what happened with the CIA spying on the Trump campaign, and more details on that are coming out. And then the point that Jesse Waters made in his show last night about how Biden's Department of Justice essentially has this five-hour interview that they're that they're using potentially now to get rid of him, to to get him out of the race. And that what we're talking about, of course, is the interview that Biden gave to the special counsel reviewing the classified documents. You know, that interview where Biden was just a a, a kind hearted elderly man with a bad memory. So I I, I said it yesterday. I said it uh, the day before and I said it on Friday or Thursday because I was off on Friday. Release the transcript. Let's see it. Release the tapes. Release the interview. Let's have it out there. Let's let's see Joe Biden answer these questions. Let's see exactly how he did, because there's a two pronged strategy here. The first strategy is to act like Joe Biden's not really a feeble old old man who forgets and hides his own Easter eggs. And the second strategy is Joe Biden's a forgetful old man who forgets and hides his own Easter eggs. and And, and they employ that when they want to use that to cover up for the president's absolute corruption. And then then they get mad at you and you bring that up and they go, that's you're not a neurologist. You can't say that. That's mean. How can you turn around and say that he's hiding his own Easter eggs? You don't know that. What, who are you, the Easter bunny? Stop it. But you can't have it both ways. You know, either either we're they're using this excuse because they're trying to hide for the fact that on those all those classified documents. And what's there is the direct tie in to what Tony Bobolinsky said yesterday, which is the brand is Biden and they were selling the brand to the highest bidder, bad adversaries around the world. And uh, Joe Biden was selling out this, this country as vice president of the United States. All his little portfolios. You know, he had the, port, the Ukraine portfolio and the family got rich off Ukraine. He had the Romania portfolio and the family got rich off Romania. He had the Chinese energy portfolio and the family got rich off Chinese energy. So you see there's a pattern here. There's a very, very obvious pattern here. And those classified documents just suddenly happened to be there when Hunter needed them and when his brother James needed them. And then they were able to get information to all their clients, you know, things like um, the 22 point strategy of Ukraine dealing with uh, Russian aggression, you know, something that an idiot crackhead like Hunter could never come up with on his own in a million years. But was also a document prepared for the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, who was about to go to Ukraine and meet with the president. Which, of course, then he would demand that the prosecutor investigating Ukraine be fired. Even though that very prosecutor was being hailed by our people as being a, uh, a stalwart fighter of corruption. A man we should all try to be like. A man who deserved our praise until suddenly he wasn't. And then he had to be out of a job. And suddenly now he was corrupt and Burisma, the Chinese energy conglomerate or excuse me, the Ukrainian energy conglomerate was not. So that's what we're dealing with right now. And it is an, it is a constant, constant battle. I think the easiest way to do this, the, 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 the best way is just release the tapes, release the transcripts, put it all out there and let everybody see. It's not very hard. It's really not that that difficult to think about it. The, today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. Chairman Mike Turner putting out this statement. I am requesting the President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Senator Mike Lee retweeted that and said, it's very, I'm very interested to learn about this threat. I'm also very interested to know why the spy guys are raising mysterious alarms right before we're about to reform illegal domestic surveillance under FISA. It's a good point. I'd like to know. I would like to know too, because it seems like what they want to do is expand their powers to spy on all of us. And then that ties into what Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi broke yesterday, that the CIA's efforts to go all in and bring down the Trump campaign to do those things before Trump was even the nominee. Uh, it was a concerted effort by Barack Obama and his administration to spy on 26 different members of the Trump campaign. You know, he was wiretapped and they used the full surveillance powers that everybody gives them to then turn around and use it against the American people. To use it against the American people. And that's what they do. And they they use it for political purposes. It's the only axiom that I told you, um, I don't know, what, 10 years ago? I said, if you give up liberty in the name of safety and security, then they will weaponize whatever powers you give them. They will weaponize it and use it for political purposes. And right now we're about to debate expanding the government's power under FISA, renewing the, the warrantless wiretaps, that the FBI is abused to spy on American citizens. And we're going to hear now about all of these threats that are about to hit the homeland, all these threats against America. And they'll scare people as they allow the border to be wide open and people are coming in uh, who are on the terrorist watch list and they're coming into the country. And then they'll use all those things to then turn around and say, you have to give us the power to be able to spy on you whenever we want, because we got to keep you safe from all these bad guys. And Republicans will do it. They'll they'll turn around and they'll 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 do it. They'll 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 give in. They'll they'll reauthorize the power. They won't learn, and then we'll be reminded that there wasn't really a threat from a foreign person. It was some MAGA person in their basement, playing with toy trains and teeth, who had a Betsy Ross flag and a Cabela's fishing hat on, and they're the real terrorist. And we have to watch them. You know, and you'll you'll understand that anybody who's in the Capitol on January of 2021, you know, near the Capitol, they got to be monitored. They got to be spied on because, you know, any day now could be another January 6th, could be another insurrection day. So it's just uh, it's just really amazing to me how um, Republicans don't learn these lessons. And, you know, I'll tell you right now, it's i'll respond to a tweet i got from michael mcwilliams on twitter uh just because senate democrats won't do the right thing doesn't mean house republicans should have done the wrong thing santos was a fraud and a grifter and had to go according to who do we not have a standard where we i don't know convict people of things before we just punish them i thought that was a thing i thought that was a thing in this country where you know a guy may be a, a grifter and a fraud but we usually charge them with something and then we find them guilty. And then we do what we do by removing them from office versus just hearing accusations and then turning around and punishing them for what, how was that doing the right thing? I don't understand that. So there's accusations made against somebody and doing the right thing is to strip that person of the seat that they were elected to because of accusations. We don't have due process. Isn't isn't I'm sorry, but isn't doing due process the right thing, Michael, isn't following the Fifth Amendment, the concept, the spirit of that, the due process clause where everybody's innocent, until proven guilty. Isn't that kind of the spirit of how we do things in this country? So they never convicted the guy of anything. They just removed him because of accusations. He lied about this. He lied about that as if they all don't lie, you know, and now they're down to vote. So, yeah, sure. If you think that's the right thing. I mean, if you think that just depriving somebody of their due process and just finding them guilty based on accusations and then kicking them out of Congress, even though they were elected, is the right thing, then I guess we have a different understanding of what the right thing is, because in my mind, the right thing is, well, the people voted for this guy. He has not been convicted of anything. He's not been convicted of a crime. Their accusations but not anything that he's been actually found guilty by a jury of his peers, which is what the Constitution requires. So how is it doing the right thing? And for what purpose? For what exactly? To, to brag that you, you you got rid of a Republican and you lost a vote, you're down a vote because you just give in to accusations and you don't believe in due process and you don't believe in the idea that everybody's innocent or proven guilty? I don't know. I guess I don't see it as the right thing in that respect, in my opinion. 855 uh, 839 is the number on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you would like to weigh in today. And speaking of the corrupt United States Senator Bob Menendez, who, by the way, I'm not calling for Menendez to be removed as a senator. I'm not. He has not been convicted either. I have called for Bob Menendez to not receive classified intelligence briefings because of the allegations that he sold out the United States of America to Egypt and to Qatar, which I think is reasonable. But I haven't called on him to be removed from the Senate because I'm consistent. I'm consistent. I don't think you should remove somebody if the voters elected them unless they've been found guilty of a crime. But I'm consistent. I always am. You'll never find an instance where I will do something, say something one day, and then the next day I'm completely contradicting myself. I'm very proud of that fact. Probably the most consistent voice in talk radio. I like to say anyway. But speaking of the corrupt United States senator from New Jersey, Senator Bob Menendez's wife got an engagement ring as part of the bribery scheme. According to uh, what prosecutors are alleging in a new filing, nice and shiny. Hopefully she got it from Lee Pavorsky, but I doubt it because Lee doesn't deal with criminals. Anyway, uh, the notion of Bob Menendez being a U.S. senator, it's funny, too. The last person that wants to see him removed is King Philip the Unaccountable, the governor of New Jersey. You know, his wife is running for the U.S. Senate and Murphy has the power to appoint somebody to take that seat. He doesn't want to have to appoint his wife because he ultimately wants to run for president. And the Murphys are trying to become the new power couple. So his royal rugness, King Philip the Unaccountable, with that rug that he stapled to his head. He wants his wife to be a senator, but he doesn't want to appoint her because to do that may look bad. You know, it, it may look bad in a general election. Democrats won't care. They don't have any standards. But in a general election, people might say, you really have to appoint your own wife, dude? That's not really cool. So he doesn't want that. They don't want Bob Menendez to go anywhere, which is why Bob Menendez will not go anywhere. And Tammy Murphy, even though she just lost the convention in her own, one of the most important counties, will probably wind up becoming the Senate nominee. Bob Menendez will not. But again, I'm just pointing out the discrepancy. You know, there's a there's a fundamental principle of due process. I don't believe Bob Menendez should have to resign. I don't believe Bob Menendez should be expelled. These are only charges against him. I mean, I know he's guilty as hell. I know he is. I knew OJ was too, but we still respect the process. You know, just just because we know somebody's guilty doesn't mean we get to skip to the part where we just punish them. The constitution's pesky in that respect. And I know it gets in the way a lot of times. Just be easy just to drop the guillotine. I get it. But it really is incumbent upon having the government prove their case uh, against people. Even when we all know they're guilty. And trust me, Bob Menendez is guilty as sin. It doesn't matter, though, because under our system, it's not up to him to prove his innocence. It's up to the government to prove his guilt. So I'm consistent on that. But I don't have to be because the Democrats, they're not going to do something politically stupid. Republicans do politically stupid things. And I don't know why. Because now you're down a vote. At a, at a critical moment where you have other Republicans defecting on key votes like impeaching Mayorkas, which would send a message to America, hey, we don't really care what the Senate does. You know, we're the House of Representatives, and we believe this guy needs to be held accountable for the open border. We believe this guy needs to be held accountable for this invasion on the southern border, and we're holding him accountable. And if you, if you are okay with the Senate just waving that off, well, then that's on you. But our job in the House is not to worry about what the Senate does. Our job in the House is to follow the Constitution. The Constitution gives us the power of impeachment. And that's what we're doing. We're impeaching him because we want to send a message to America that this guy is the reason why the border is wide open. See, in my mind, that's doing the right thing. Even if you don't think you're going to get a conviction of Mayorkas in the Senate, and you're not. They're not. They're not going to get two-thirds You won't even get McConnell to vote for it. But you're still sending a message in that sense. But it shows you, though, three Republicans defected to prove that they are rising above partisan politics. You need every vote you can get. You need every vote. This stuff is way too close. It's way too close. So I don't really understand what the little stunt with Santos achieved. I don't know why anybody would think that they did the right thing, especially when the guy didn't have his due process, his day in court. And also now Republicans are down to vote. The whole thing just seems stupid to me, honestly, completely stupid. Um, Now, Speaker Johnson has come out and said, we will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that does nothing to secure the border. Good. How about you don't pass a foreign aid bill at all and how about you just pass a border bill why do we have to combine the two things is my question And I know the answer to that. And I'll give you the answer to that upon my return. That is the big story of the day today brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, my buddy, my friend, and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria. By the way, some breaking news out of Kansas City. Multiple people have been struck in a shooting that happened very close to where uh, the Super Bowl was, or I guess where the Kansas City Chiefs play. So we'll talk about all that with you as well as the show goes on. A lot of breaking news, as there's always breaking news on this show. It's just why we're an afternoon drive. Don't go away.
2: When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more. Game time. Let's go.
6: Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Euclid of Speed Test Intelligence Data, fixed median download speeds, USQ3
3: 2023. This the only show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the Free Odyssey app.
5: So there's uh, breaking news in Kansas City where the um, Super Bowl parade was taking place. Multiple people have been struck in a shooting. And I believe a couple of armed people have been arrested. Details are still coming out. We'll certainly keep uh, you informed throughout the afternoon as more details come in. Uh, that's the latest that's happening right now in Kansas City. They haven't said anyone's um, died yet, but they said multiple people have been struck in a shooting. So I don't know the severity of the injuries, and we don't know any other details at this point. But obviously, if there's a... A press conference or anything, and we deem it worthy, we'll bring it to you. Uh, considering that it was the uh, the Super Bowl parade, you, you know, obviously this may rise to something bigger than maybe just a lone nut. You know, who knows? We just don't know. So I'm not going to speculate on anything. Uh, lot to get to today. You know this uh, this notion of this big impending threat against America that's coming out. I just I'd like to I just I want to know, you know, what is it? What's the bi- What's the big threat? The House Intelligence Committee, Mike Rogers, uh, he's all in on, you know, beefing Michael Turner, excuse me, beefing up all these uh, protocols they have to be able to use the national security state against the American people. So I wanted some details, man. Give me some details before we just allow the FBI to continue to abuse our civil liberties and spy on the American people. Um, Give us some details on what's going on. I think that'd be nice, right? I think that would be nice. Now, uh, Speaker Johnson has said we are not going to be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that does nothing to secure the border. And look, I commend the Speaker for saying that. But what I want to know is why does a foreign aid bill have to do with our border in any way, shape or form? Why do the two have to be put together? And I'll tell you the reason why. You have a lot of Republicans that want to keep funding this war in Ukraine. They want to keep writing the checks, but they know it's not popular with the Republican base because it's not. And proof of that is the fact that Nikki Haley is getting crushed by Donald Trump. And but these Republicans need cover because they want to keep doing it. But they need cover because the swamp wants to make sure that they keep doing it. So the cover is the border. They get to turn around and go, oh, you know, listen, I didn't I didn't want to vote to give Ukraine money, but I had to. I had to secure our southern border. There's no reason why foreign aid should be with a border bill. No, no reason whatsoever. You should have an up or down vote on foreign aid. And in my opinion, you should have an up or down vote on the three different countries. So you have an up or down vote on Ukraine. You have an up or down vote in Taiwan. You have an up or down vote in Israel. You outline the terms of all this. Is this a loan? Is this uh, actual foreign aid? You debate the merits of each and then you have a vote. That's how I think it should be done. But we don't do it that way. And the reason why we don't is because we have to give cover to people. So you got to give cover to people. They can turn around and go, I didn't want to support Ukraine, but I have to stand with Israel. I don't want to give money to Ukraine, but i got to secure the southern border. It's the game. It's part of the game. It's why the swamp always wins. It's why the swamp controls the levers of all these people. But here's what the speaker said, cut number three.
7: Starting the border. You know... <laughs> Talk about the American people not being listened to. They are crying out to the Biden administration to secure the border. This is not a Republican issue. It's an issue for every single person, and everybody knows it. We know the stories of children being poisoned by fentanyl and cities being overwhelmed by migrant surges. We know. House Republicans have shown that we are listening to and, and, and holding the administration accountable for this catastrophe. We're listening to the people. We're taking action to hold Biden accountable. Last night, the House voted to approve articles of impeachment against Secretary Mayorkas. Desperate times call for desperate measures. We had to do that. He has abdicated his responsibility. He's breached the public trust, and he's disregarded the laws Congress has passed. But, but much more has to be done, of course, to secure the border. And what the Senate produced this week is silent on that issue. Senator McConnell and I have spoken about this in frank sessions, and let me be clear here again this morning, the Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. It's time for Washington to start showing some love to Americans. On Valentine's Day, this is a good day to point this out. You need to listen to the American people and their needs and take action. And that's why House leadership will continue to govern with Americans' interests at heart.
5: Okay. Um, remember the concept of the forgotten man, by the way? This was something that came up in the 2016 campaign when Trump was running the forgotten forgotten men and women. It was a it was a point that Trump referenced a lot. It's actually from an 1883 speech. And there is a column about that that Lee Habib wrote. And I'm going to chat with him about that in a couple minutes about that how this 1883 speech might explain the rise of trump we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show plus later in the show today uh casey maddox has a piece in the new york post that i really enjoyed why our politicians can't stop passing absurd laws and i agree why can't they it's a great question uh lance on twitter says the shooting here in kansas city was in the union station garage union station was the final stop of the parade route also where the NFL draft was held last year. So they're saying shots were fired. We don't have a ton of details, but we, you know, as it comes in, we'll get them for you. And I know you guys are monitoring that in the studio for me, right? So if you'll hear anything, just shoot me a note so we know and we can keep everybody informed throughout the show today. Uh, Johnny Cook with a snarky tweet that he's 100% wrong about. He said, you're being disingenuous. Being convicted of a crime and fired from your job are different matters. In fact, people have been elected while sitting in jail. Well, you're correct, except George Santos wasn't fired. The voters are his boss, not House leadership, not his fellow members of Congress. The voters are his boss. boss. So if they wanted to fire him, they could have in November of this year. They could have fired him. They absolutely could have. The voters are the boss, not Republican leadership. You elect leadership to guide the ship, but they're not your bosses, Leadership is not it doesn't mean that, that, that they're in charge of you. It means they're in charge of the agenda and all those other things. And they're in charge of, of the votes and they're in charge. But they're not your boss, though, which is an important point. Uh, and the second part of Johnny's uh, tweet, which I actually do agree with, though, is he said, the reason I think this is stupid is a slippery slope. If you can expel politicians for lying. Oh, boy. Yeah, of course. I mean, they all freaking lie. So we start uh, expelling every person who lies. You, you wouldn't have anybody in Congress uh that check-in on social media by the way brought to you by our friends at Cherry hill vava where relationships matter speaker johnson controls the floor and conservative lawmakers have shown a willingness to block legislation they oppose from even coming up for a vote but if the proponents can muster enough support from democrats and republicans they could steer around the opposition through a maneuver known as a discharge position petition this allows lawmakers to force legislation to the floor if they can gather the signatures of a majority of the house 218 members, so a majority of that, calling for the action. Thank you, Matt, for that explanation of how that process works. Um, the, the, The bottom line is that there are a number of conservatives, including our buddy Scott Perry in Pennsylvania, who are trying very hard to stop this nonsense. And it's a battle. It really is. Most of the Republicans in the House are not conservatives. They're really not. You know, the, the, the Senate is a different story. I mean, we know the frauds in the Senate, but you have more conservatives, believe it or not, who are in the Senate in a percentage basis than you do in the House because they're more outspoken, so you hear from them more. I should say it from that perspective, but they may not be the numbers, but in terms of their, their willingness to step up and fight their own colleagues and everything, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, you know, these guys are willing to do that, even if they're outnumbered by their own fellow Republicans in the House. You have a handful of Republicans that are actually outspoken and speak out against their own members. And the majority, the overwhelming majority of, of the Republicans in the, in the House are not conservative. They're Republican, but they're not conservative. So you're talking about um, a couple dozen people who really are, you know, who really fight the good fight. And then the rest, eh, not so much. And it's easier for them to hide. Whereas in the Senate, it's a lot more difficult to hide. Like you know who the phonies are in the Senate. You know Mitt Romney and you know Murkowski and uh, what's her name, Susan Collins. I mean, you know Thune. I mean, like you know you know who the frauds are in the Senate. It's not hard to figure those people out. But in the in the House, they can they can hide like like cockroaches. You know, they can just scurry and hide in the dark. so that's you know, a fact of that. All right, let me take a quick break. we got a great guest coming up. We'll talk about The uh, Forgotten Man. The concept of the forgotten man. And does it explain the rise of Donald Trump? Listen, let me tell you about NJ Diet. NJ Diet's going to help you lose some weight, serious weight, 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. You can do this, and NJ Diet can help you do it, because NJ Diet's all natural. No shots, no hormones, no drugs, no prescriptions you got to take every day, no surgery, and no prepackaged foods. That stuff is terrible anyway. NJ Diet works with your body chemistry to make sure that you are burning fat the right way. And then you lose the weight for good. You keep it off, too. You keep the weight off. That is a beautiful thing. You get the doctor's personal email, the doctor's personal phone number, and NJ Diet's with you every step of the way. So just go to NJDiet.com or call them today, 855-5-NJ-DIET. Spring is right around the corner. That means we're shedding the sweaters, we're shedding the big clothes, and we're going to be looking and feeling our best with NJ Diet. NJDiet.com.
3: Listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
5: All right, there's breaking news out of Kansas City. Multiple people have been struck in a shooting near the Super Bowl parade. We will keep you posted on that throughout the afternoon. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Very excited to welcome to the show Lee Habib. He is a the vice president of content at Salem Media Group, and he's also host of Our American Stories, a podcast. Lee, thank you for joining me in Philadelphia. I appreciate it.
4: Hey, thanks for having me on.
5: Uh, You wrote a piece at Newsweek uh, column about a speech that was given in the 1880s called the Forgotten Man, and you tie it into the explaining of the rise of Donald Trump. Um, I remember the Forgotten Man being talked about in 2016 too. Um, That was something that people talked about—the Forgotten Man, the Forgotten Woman—and I'm assuming it also kind of comes from that that idea as well.
4: It did. It did.
5: (laughs) So, so tell us about it. What does it mean?
4: Well, you know, when Sumner was writing in 1883, he was a Yale economist and also a free market guy. And he was looking at the landscape and seeing government sort of starting to grow, uh, seeing what were the inklings of a a progressive movement that would start to metastasize in the early 20th century come into full fruition by the time Roosevelt's uh, presidency comes in. So he's seeing it ahead of time. But what he's observing is that, These elites in academia, in the government, in in, in, uh, philanthropists, are moving the needle on public policy without the consent of the hardworking, working-class people of the country. So he made this syllogism. He starts with a simple idea. He said, A, Mr. Philanthropist, talks it over with B, Mr. Politician, then A and B propose to get a law passed to remedy the evil and help X, the poor, but they always ask C, to pay for it. C is the forgotten man. And then he starts to write about who this person is, the forgotten man. And he says he's a simple, honest laborer. He's ready to earn his living by productive work. We pass him by because he is independent. He's self-supporting. He asks no favors from anyone. He says he has to get out of the soil enough to pay all of his taxes and all of his bills and everything else around him and fund all the plunder. Such is the forgotten man, he writes. He works, he votes, generally he prays, but he always pays. Yes, above all, he always pays. And this resonated with me, so did the rest of the uh, essay. And in Our American Stories, and we're all heard on 300 stations around the country every night. And we're, we're fastest growing uh, podcasts in the iHeart uh, constellation. And it's because we're actually focusing not on what's happening today, but what's happened in the past in this great country, and a lot of this has happened before. Actually, almost everything has happened before. And that's why, in some respects, there's one side that doesn't really want us to learn American history. There's much to learn from our history. By the way, there's also much to be proud of in our history. And so that's half the reason we've done the podcast and the show. And, uh, and it's why I write for Newsweek. I rarely write about the events of the day. But I'm I'm getting a lot of traffic because I'll write about things in the past and people will be reading it going, huh, how did we get past that? Uh, Who is the forgotten man and woman today? Uh, And is that forgotten man and woman today anything like the forgotten man and woman of the late uh, 18th century and 19th century? And the answer would be a resounding yes.
5: Yeah, I agree. Look, and by the way, congrats on the success of your uh, of your show, Our American Stories. I think it's fantastic. It's 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 excellent. You're tapping into something. Uh, the, the forgotten man today, I guess, would be the people that. Uh, I mean, I, my mind. The first thing that comes to my mind. Guys who work for unions, guys and gals who are union workers, auto workers, for example. They're, you know, their their boss, the union president, endorses Biden, yeah. but acknowledges that a majority of them are probably not going to vote for him. Uh, but this seems to be a, a thing. Whether it's you know, people that actually work for a living seem to be drawn to say Trump over Biden. And I think there's a reason for that. I think because they're they, Trump taps into the he resonates with people. This idea of the elites are benefiting, they're getting rich off of you, off of your back off of your hard work and i'm going to fight them and as a consequence of that they're fighting me and i think that the people see that i think it resonates with them
4: well you know let's say climate change whether it's changing or not i think the climate does change so i'm with people who say the climate changes but who decided all of the investment that we're putting into this who decided that we should be making x amount of electric cars by x amount of time who decided that who decided to make the head of the epa the king of cars Who decided to make uh, 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 Joe Biden uh, the executive in charge of how much oil we drill? And by one mandate says, no, liquefied natural gas. Stop. Not an election on that. Not a vote on that. Just the use of raw executive power Uh, and, and so on and so on. Who decided the school curriculum right on the local level? Parents are going and saying, who decided that we teach our kids this? We didn't vote on it we didn't get a say. And so what's happening is the working class folks who are busy every day, working, hustling, paying their bills, are not being represented by by anyone and they've gravitated to Trump. The poor are being represented by the Democrat party. The elites living in cities who are highly educated and who agree with these agendas because they have the discretionary income to pay for them, they are buying those Teslas and they're getting the $7500 uh, voucher from a person driving a 15-year-old Ford F150. This is infuriating. When the president says, I'm going to forgive student loans, the person who never went to college or went to junior college, the guy who's a plumber or a laborer, is going, I'm going to pay for that debt beats loans? I didn't take the loan. Why should I pay for it? These were not things divided, decided by a Democrat or a Republican government. These were fiats. And these are NGOs, academics, media elites, and the bureaucratic agencies of the United States and sheer executive power making these decisions. If Joe Biden ever ran on the issue of cutting off liquefied natural gas, if he ever ran on the idea that I'm going to make X amount of electric cars and that's that, he would have never got elected on that stuff. So I well, think what that's going what about also sending on. our money
5: overseas, too? I mean, $95 billion in foreign aid. I mean, who, who decided that? I mean, I, I think if I'm working for a living, I'm, I'm angry about that. My money is constantly going overseas to help other countries.
4: Well, the good news here is at least there are votes on that now, right? So we have the Senate vote for it, and the House isn't going to take it. And at least we, the people, now get to choose. By the way, if we, the people, want to send our money wherever we send it, or we, the people of any particular state, want to pass laws, well, then you win, you lose if you're on the other side of that, or you win, and then your job is to kick those bums out and have other people in. So I'm glad to see that we separated the bill, the Ukraine votes up, the Israel votes up, and then the American people get to decide – through their elected representatives, at least, and then there's a voting record, and yeah, but, then we the, can but, but take the pro- them out of
5: office. I, I hear you, but, uh, you know, if if they if they lump everything in together, th- then I, I'm i not sure people really get the, the opportunity to hear what their elected officials are doing, because they always have excuses. You know, I don't want to vote for this, well, but I had to because of this, and, you know, I, that's why these up or down votes are crucial. But, I, but that's okay. That's neither here nor there for this purpose, Lee. I want to ask you, do you think the forgotten man... Do you think he's annoyed by the fact that Joe Biden got rich using his office to enrich his family? Or do you think they don't pay attention to that?
4: No, I think they pay attention to a lot of people getting rich because of their connections. I think they're annoyed that there's crony capitalism, right? That's always annoyed me as a conservative, that big companies could get special lobbying privileges and want to make it harder for small companies to compete. Or they're going off to China and doing deals in China at the expense of our national security. I think the ordinary working guy knows a lot more than, than people think they do. And they are upset that there are certain groups of elites getting, getting privileges at their expense or they're paying for them. I have no doubt they're upset about that. By the way, there are plenty of Republican congressmen whose kids lobby and make money from lobbying. I think they're tired of the same old same old. I think they'd like to have somebody representing them like Trump, not like Trump. Nobody thinks he got into office to make more money. He came in wealthy, and he's probably left a lot less wealthy. So if anything, at least Trump was inured to the charge that he was there to enrich himself and his family.
5: Yeah, uh, without question. If if anything, all these, uh, you know, his legal defense bills have been crushing him. But, Lee, I think you're right, though, about the idea that uh, the politicians keep enriching themselves and it annoys people. And my theory is, you know, if everybody's uh, living high in the hog, maybe they don't pay attention to it. But when people are struggling, it really feels like something that is rubbed in their face. You know, I'm here struggling, trying trying to buy groceries, trying to make ends meet. And you people are all getting rich off each other, getting rich off Washington. I think it matters. And I think that they're right right to keep pushing the corruption, Biden, the allegations of the Biden crime family, I think it is an important thing. And I do think it resonates with people. And I I dismiss people who say, ah, nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention.
4: Well, I love that the corruption, wherever it is. And I got to tell you, Trump didn't didn't talk to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce because he really believed as a guy who ran a small family business that these big, big businesses in America were trying to saddle smaller businesses with bigger compliance costs. And all kinds of higher tax bills. I and mean, look what happened at Dodd-Frank. I mean, Dodd-Frank might as well have been called the Big Bank Protection Act. Fifty percent of small, regional, and community banks were put out of business because of the increased compliance costs of complying with all that Dodd-Frank, and then also all the additional costs for all the lawyers. And so ultimately, the big banks gobbled up a lot of those little banks, and it was the big banks that got us in trouble in the first place. So a lot of people champion, for instance, small business owners. We love Main Street. It's Wall Street. A lot of people, even old conservatives like me, have a real problem with Wall Street when it starts to sell out our national defense to China, when a place like BlackRock is starting to just do whatever it wants, uh, whenever it wants, with, with shareholders that they don't represent. They're, they're doing things like ESG and DEI. Who made this stuff up, ESG and DEI? Did we get to vote on it? And so I think that's the bigger thing. These things are happening to all of us, and we don't even know where they came from. All these DEI offices at our state colleges, who, who, who said that that was a good idea? And, and, and now it is so entrenched in schools. Um, how do we get it unentrenched or how do we get a vote on it? I think that's what's going to be this election and upcoming elections are going to be about who decides and who pays.
5: Lee, where can people find you and listen to your uh, your podcast?
4: It's just our American stories. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Um, we're okay. there and we, sh- we we toss up three to five stories every day.
5: Great. Lee Habib, thanks so much for making the time today. I appreciate it. Best of luck. You bet. Thank you.
3: The Rich Cioli Show. On Talk Radio 1210
5: WPHT. Uh, we got a lot to chat about, including uh, the renewal of the FISA warrants, the warrantless uh, spying on American citizens. We'll talk about that. The latest on this parade shooting in Kansas City, the Super Bowl parade. But I want to tell about my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. They do such great work, and I'm so proud of our partnership with them. I got to see my friend Judith Krupnick yesterday and my friend Yosef. I brought my father-in-law there. Um, he just leased a beautiful XC4. He had the S60 and he loved it, but now he wanted an SUV and he loves it. The color is beautiful. It's a nice blue color. Um, Very happy with the experience. He said, wow, you know, they take care of everything for you. It's just just a really tremendous experience. Uh, his, His opinion is exactly what I hear all the time from people. They just take great care of you at Cherry Hill Volvo. And that's the difference. Relationships matter. They give you the luxury experience you deserve. Now, the dealership is going through a big renovation right now. You know, Judah's father built the dealership in the early 1960s, and um, they're due for a big renovation. But don't let that stop you, because they have a tremendous inventory of beautiful cars, including your one chance to get the S60 courtesy car for less than $29,000 with less than 5,000 miles on it. Built in the USA, It is, they have one left, one SC60 courtesy vehicle left. But they have tremendous inventory and great lease programs, and they always strive to find you the best possible. And Incentives, promotions, and incentives to make sure you get the absolute best price. So go see them today, right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, where relationships matter. Cherry Hill, Volvo.
3: Rich Seoli, weekday afternoons, 3 till 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the Free Odyssey app.
5: As many as 10 people may have been shot in Kansas City, Missouri at the Super Bowl Parade. We're monitoring that for you. We'll give you all the details as they come. If there's going to be a press conference, we'll bring it to you live. The FBI did have a presence at the parade and they are assisting the Kansas City police. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. What a day it is. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Um... Before we get into any details regarding the um, the the parade. And and like I said, you know, I I would imagine at some point they'll probably be somebody, the chief of police or somebody will come out and and give uh, some details. I imagine that will happen shortly. We'll bring it to you. I just want to bring up what this whole issue about a a pending terrorist attack on America and what that means. And should we really be worried about this? And I told you about the, the tweet from Senator Mike Lee. Um, at based Mike Lee, as he calls himself on Twitter, Senator Mike Lee is one of my favorites. You know, he's a, he's a guy that defends the constitution. He defends civil liberties. He fights, he fights for all those things. Um, I, I, I should have mentioned JD Vance in the last segment too. I mean, I think he's another stalwart conservative who fights very, very hard. I didn't mean to leave anybody out. I was just saying that it's just, the house is just so much bigger than the Senate just easier for a lot of these rhino, moderate, squishy people to you know, hide. But but Mike Lee's point about, all right, if if um, if Chairman Mike Turner, who is the congressman, who is the chairman of the committee, the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, he tweeted out, he said, today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I'm requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Mike Lee's point that he tweeted out as he retweeted that was very interested to learn about this threat. Also very interested to know why the spy guys are raising mysterious alarms right before we're about to reform illegal domestic surveillance under FISA. Uh, Jake Sullivan, who is the national security spokesperson, he was at the White House today. He was asked a question regarding Congressman Mike Turner's statement, asking the White House to declassify this looming threat so we can get all you know the details on it. And this is what he said.
0: I want to ask you about Israel in a second, but just a quick
8: follow-up just to put this to rest. Obviously, the House Intelligence uh, Chair speaking out about a imminent, or he doesn't say imminent, serious national security threat, the lack of your ability to say anything has the potential to raise distress for some Americans. In the simplest of terms, can you tell Americans that there's nothing they have to worry about right now in terms of what he describes as a national security threat?
9: Look, I think in a way that question um, is impossible to answer with a straight yes, right? Because Americans, understand that there are a range of threats and challenges in the world that we're dealing with every single day. And uh, those threats and challenges range from terrorism to state actors. And we have to contend with them, and we have to contend with them in a way where we ensure the ultimate security of the American people. I am confident that President Biden, in the decisions that he is taking, is going to ensure the security of the American people going forward. And I will stand here at this podium and assert that, look you in the eye with confidence, that we believe that we can and will and are protecting the national security of the United States and the American
5: people. Perfect. Thank you for your answer. I don't think that really was an answer. I don't don't really know what he said there. Uh, But he was asked a question about FISA. And remember, the, the issue here of the FISA Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act in section 702 which has been abused by the FBI by the National Security State to spy on American citizens and there needs to be reform there needs to be reform but every time we try to reform it every time we hear about bad guys and terrorists and then all of a sudden we 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 hear we can't we got to keep exactly the way it is or we're all going to die and but we know that they abuse this stuff and we know and they have queried records on American citizens, and they have done this without a warrant millions of times. And guys like Mike Lee and others and Rand Paul, and they're calling for something to be done to rein this in because nobody gets in trouble. Nobody, the FBI, gets in trouble for this. Nobody who does this at the CIA or the NSA or any other place. You know, the story that Schellenberger put out yesterday, he and Taibbi, gets into the heart of the fact that, yeah, you know, the the, the deep state— is very real. The deep state was working very hard to stop Donald Trump and using our national security intelligence apparatus to do it. And we've known this, but more details come out and you go, man, these people are just so brazen. And we keep giving them more power under the guise of keeping us safe. Here's what Sullivan said today, cut 11.
2: FISA, there are a couple of amendments that are being considered. One of them would require a warrant for every query of lawfully collected data. If that were to pass and get into the bill, would the president veto that bill?
9: Uh, So I'm not in a position to stand here today and make veto threats on behalf of the president. Those are are, um, you know Decisions for him to make. What I will tell you is that we do not believe that that serves the national security interests of the United States. And in fact, today I will be making that case to a number of members uh, that the warrant requirement, as conceived, is not the best way actually to ensure the protection of the personal privacy of Americans. There are a number of other elements of the bill that we have supported that would reform and update FISA to protect the civil liberties of Americans. But a warrant requirement, from our perspective, would go too far. In in undermining the very purpose of FISA, and frankly, it would put victims at risk.
5: Okay, so there, there you go. And I, I imagine that there will be no reforms, unfortunately, to FISA would be what, what I'm uh, would be my guess. The uh, Kansas City Fire Department is saying eight to ten victims at the shooting in Kansas City, Missouri. About eight to ten is what they're saying right now. Two armed people have been detained i don't i don't know if they were legally carrying i don't know if they were the shooters we don't have any details on that yet um we're hoping that we're being told that there might be a statement coming out from the kansas city police department or the fbi at some point so um, we'll keep you posted on on that as um as the show goes on speaking of firefighters by the way in philadelphia there's a trans identifying firefighter who's suing the city of philadelphia over facial feminization surgery coverage And the firefighter claims the surgery is medically necessary. This is from the Daily Wire. Nice local story for us. A trans-identifying firefighter is suing the city of Philadelphia for allegedly refusing insurance coverage for his facial feminization surgery. The firefighter, a 55-year-old man who has been with the Philadelphia Fire Department for 28 years, claims that the city, as well as his union, which is the Firefighters and Paramedics Local 22, and independence blue cross insurance all discriminated against him on the basis of his gender identity he filed the lawsuit anonymously as jane doe in federal court on january 31st the veteran firefighter who holds the supervisory position of fire battalion chief claims the facial feminization surgery he wants is medically necessary and not cosmetic because of his gender dysphoria disability Lawsuit argues that denying him coverage of the procedure, which includes a laundry list of procedures, including rhinoplasty, which is plastic surgery, a forehead reduction and a hair transplant is causing the firefighter harm and amounts to illegal sex stereotyping. Quote, this is from the uh, from the the complaint. Ms. Doe was forced to maintain natal sex characteristics with which she no longer identified by virtue of the defendant's callous and discriminatory acts committed against her. Ms. Doe has spent years of her life presenting herself in a manner that is not her authentic self. The suit also claims the firefighter who began identifying as transgender at some point during the firefighting career now cannot function in society or work without the facial feminization procedures, and is constantly misgendered. The suit says that she has become suicidal and considered ending her life. The lawsuit says the defendants decided the firefighter was simply trying to improve her appearance, a conclusion that added insult to injury, and relied on stereotyped notions of what a traditional female face looks like. The defendants also consistently misgendered the firefighter, And did not call him his preferred name, the suit says. As a result, the firefighter has suffered economic harms, emotional distress, mental anguish, pain and suffering, humiliation and embarrassment, and a loss of life and life's pleasures. The firefighter is seeking coverage for the the procedures as well as compensatory and punitive damages. The suit also demands that the defendants hold LGBTQ plus IA every letter of the alphabet sensitivity trainings for employees, that the insurance agency use the preferred name of a trans identifying person in the claims process, and that Philadelphia adopt a written policy to support employees who complain about gender identity discrimination. Independence Blue Cross said in a statement that they cannot comment on pending litigation, but that they serve all people, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity. Okay, equitable care and protections against discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identification are written into our medical policies and required by law. Our recently updated policies for gender affirming care also takes into consideration the standards published by the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. Philadelphia's law department told Philadelphia Gay News that, quote, given that this case is an active litigation, the city declines to comment. That is happening right now. I guess it's interesting that the suit says that, to argue that this firefighter is trying to improve her, his appearance, her appearance, his appearance, and then the suit says, but that's, you're going with, no, that's ridiculous because you're going with notions of what a, 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 a feminine face is supposed to look like, it kind of contradicts itself. Again, it says the lawsuit says the defendants decided the firefighter was simply trying to improve her appearance a conclusion that added insult to injury and relied on stereotype notions of what a traditional female face looks like. So then I guess I'm, I'm just trying to understand then why the taxpayers would have to pay to help this individual have a face that looks more like what a traditional female face looks like when the suit says that that's a stereotype notion. So I'm trying to understand that. Anyway, we will um, continue to monitor that local story for you, I imagine, my guess is, my spidey sense tells me, they will pay. <laughs> I just have a feeling that they will wind up paying. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll find out if we don't hear the story ever again. If they don't pay, we'll hear more about it, obviously. Uh, Rachel Dolezal, remember her? She, was a, um, she, she said she was black. She She identified as black, even though she wasn't um, she's now an Arizona teacher and she's on OnlyFans after losing the NAACP leadership position for pretending to be black. She was, um, part of the leadership of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. She's now employed by a Catalina Foothills school district and has an OnlyFans profile. So lives in TikTok, tweeted it out, meet Rachel Dolezal, former leader of the NAACP who resigned in disgrace after pretending to be black. She changed her name and is now a teacher in Catalina Foothills School District, Arizona. She's also very active on OnlyFans and links her OnlyFans in her public Facebook profile. Henry, do you subscribe to her OnlyFans page (laughs) just out of curiosity?
10: Uh, no. There's not, no. That's not a, not on my to-do list.
5: No? Okay, I'm just curious. I'm not, I was not going to judge you or anything. I was just wondering.
10: (laughs) Even if it were free, I wouldn't be subscribed.
5: Yeah, it's not. I'm just gonna say this. It's not a good look. It's nice to hear she's doing well. It's just not. It's just not a good look. You know what I mean? By the way, couldn't she have just come out and said that she is black because she voted for Joe Biden? Because wasn't that the standard? If you don't vote for me, you're not black. Isn't that Isn't that just a standard? I thought that was. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. We'll have to follow up with Dr. Wilford Riley on this one on Friday. Find out if he subscribes to her OnlyFans page. I, I bet you he doesn't. <laughs> Didn't she change her Probi- name, too? Probably
11: not, right? I can't imagine she has very many subscribers. I can. <laughs> no, there's no way.
10: I, I'm i sure there are weirdos out there who followed, who saw this come up and were like, oh, yeah, I loved her. Rachel well, well, you can check. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, sure.
5: Don't act like you don't have an OnlyFans account. Just go on there and check. Why can't you do that? <laughs> I don't think you can
11: check to see how many followers they I have, yeah. oh. I don't know. Uh, yeah, genuinely. I would try looking into it now on the company computer, but I know I would get flagged and I'd have to explain it to HR later this week. So uh, let's just a lot. We'll, we'll let it be a mystery. We might be having lots
5: of meetings with HR in the coming <laughs> weeks. So, yeah, <laughs> why not? I, you know, I kind of think you're right. Just call her. Nikchichi Diallo—that's what her new name is. She changed her name to a West African moniker, meaning "gift of God." Nakachichi Diallo. So look her up on OnlyFans. I see how many followers. I don't want to look it up. All right, fine. You well, use your computer to look it up. Listen, I don't have an OnlyFans account. I'm a happily married man with three children. <laughs> which is literally what every person in OnlyFans says. <laughs> Uh, my friend said this. Also, just for reference, LASIK eye correction surgery is considered cosmetic. It's not medically necessary to have a nose job or a hair transplant. So is being ugly now considered a medical issue? It's subjective. What about the left's billboards to love yourself, embrace people who are large, etc.? How's it any different? Good point. I don't know. But I think that if um you're going to make the argument that gender dysphoria is causing all this depression. I would just say walking around being ugly can make you feel depressed too. And that you should then get plastic surgery paid for. I mean, just being an unattractive person may make you depressed, whether or not you believe you're in the wrong sex or gender, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Henry, you're a a, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? You, you're kind of depressed with, based on your looks, right? A little bit, just a tiny bit. (laughs) (laughs) Sure,
10: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go along with the sure. Yeah, and he's getting beat up pretty good today. Yeah, seriously, what did I do to you? <laughs> Nothing. You,
5: you, you yelled at me about my live reads, So now, no, no I, I picked on DeSantis so much yesterday. I feel like it's it's. I just got to you know it's your turn I'm today. Du- I'm due.
11: It's usually <laughs> yes. me. Yeah. I, so I, this is refreshing. Keep going.
5: Um, but, you know, but let's say let's say you got a big nose. not you don't, but let, I do. I've got a big Italian nose, big Roman nose. You know. And I'm depressed by it because I walk around all day and I got a big nose and um, it makes me bummed and, you know, and I'm, so I want plastic surgery, rhinoplasty to pay for my nose job because I'm depressed because I'm not an attractive looking guy. I am a very attractive looking man, but I'm saying this as a as a <laughs> as a hypothetical. Why shouldn't they cover it then? If I can argue that it makes me depressed, I'm not a tall man. You know, I'm 5'7 I'm with shoes on. So I can argue that I'm depressed because uh, there's a lot of men out there taller than me and I feel um, Napoleonic and I want to be taller. So I want you to pay for that surgery to make me taller. You know, there's a surgery. They do that, right? They break your legs and they like put bone in you there to make you taller. Did you know that? Yeah, it looks pretty
10: brutal. Sounds like you've uh, looked into this a little bit. I
5: have. You can't walk for like two years. And I'm I'm sort of due for another surgery. It's only been a few months since my last one. Um, <laughs> I'm not ruling anything out, but they Thank would you. argue it's not medically necessary. But based on that, if I can argue that, well, I'm depressed. I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel like I'm living my best life because I'm not tall enough. And I identify as a man. Men are supposed to be tall, and I'm not particularly tall-ish. Compared to other people, although I do sort of tower over DeSantis, just saying. That's not true. Don't we all? Well, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> can't, why can't I argue that and have them pay for it? And what if you're bald? I mean, really, I mean, we, we know there's a lot of bald people around us at Odyssey. What about them? Can they um, Can they say that they need to get, you know, a hair transplant? Paid for? Medically necessary? I don't know. I'm getting, these are the questions that I have that I'd like to know. And we will try to answer some of these things <coughs> as the uh, as the, the show progresses here. Um,
11: oh, this limb lengthening is disgusting. I wish you hadn't mentioned it. Now I'm reading about it and I'm repulsed.
5: They- oh, by the way, our buddy uh, Johnny on Twitter says that Rachel Dolezal lost her OnlyFans, lost her teaching job because of her OnlyFans account. Yeah. I mean, when they I- outed her, I guess when Libs of TikTok outed her, then the school district fired her for her OnlyFans page. That makes sense to me. Thank you, Johnny, for that update in the story. They said that the school district said this is not consistent with our values of a, as a school district. So thank you for the update on that. I did miss the update, Johnny Z. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, oh, man, he's really on top of things.
11: That came out 18 minutes ago.
5: Seriously? What do <laughs> you have an alert? Are you wow. have a Google alert on Rachel Dole is all set up, Johnny? How did you know that? <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Newman Price says, is every woman that doesn't find themselves attractive going to sue because their perceived ugliness makes them suicidal? Again, I mean, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make here, which is that if we know we live in this day and age of social media and we know we have all of these stories all the time about our kids getting depressed because of social media and a lot of it is, especially with young girls, um, the standards and how other people look and they don't feel good about themselves and that sort of thing. So how far do we take this where we start saying that plastic surgery, boob jobs, you know, if I've, if I'm a woman and I say my boobs are too small and I want to, I want to, I want a boob enhancement. Should that be considered medically necessary? Because I'm depressed about the fact that I don't have big, uh, knockers, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Can you say knockers? I just did. Yeah. I don't see why not. All right. Um, we're also being told now, I guess there's conflicting reports, despite early reports, that they're saying now the scene in Kansas City appears to still be active. I, is that what is that what we're hearing now, too? Well, I've seen that uh,
10: one person has died. I Ten saw people
5: that hit and one person has died? Is that what you're, is yeah, that what one you're saying? one
10: dead, nine injured. Okay. Uh, as far as active, I'm not seeing that quite yet.
5: All right. Well, we'll... Um, We'll follow that as well. All right, On Twitter, at Rich Zioli is the number if you'd like to weigh in today on everything we are discussing. Now, listen... Um we we have another great guest coming up. Why do politicians keep passing dumb laws? That is a great question that I ask all the time. When will they stop? Why are politicians can't stop passing absurd laws? Great piece by Casey Maddox in the New York Post. Casey Maddox is vice president of legal and judicial strategy at Americans for Prosperity. We'll talk to Casey about that coming up a little bit later in the show. And we have an abbreviated show for you today. We are out of here at six o'clock because of basketball. But don't worry about it because I'm solo dad this week. So it's all hands on deck here at the house for me, my father-in-law. So don't worry about it. It's going to be just fine. Um, My buddy, Dr. Mike Venere is a great dentist, great friend of the show. And he is my dentist and my friend, and he is the master of dental implants. So if you need a great smile, you should go see him today. Just go to VenereaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A VenereaDental.com. When it comes to your smile, don't take, uh, don't don't go to the closest dentist and avoid those chain dental offices as well. You need the guy who's been serving our area for decades and for ten years in a row was recognized as a top dentist by his peers and truly the master of complicated dental procedures. So please reach out to him today. Just go to VeneriaDental.com with two offices to serve you in Cinnamonston and Woodbury, both right over the bridge. You'll see the care and expertise of his amazing team. Great offices with wonderful people. Great music playing and they put care at the foremost of everything that they do at veneria dental veneriadental.com
3: The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app.
5: Right, we, are we are awaiting an update on the shooting in Kansas City. We will uh, try to bring that live to you as uh, they're saying as many as 8 to 10 people may have been shot. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten is the number. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Casey Maddox is Vice President of Legal and Judicial Strategy at Americans for Prosperity. Casey, thanks for joining me in Philadelphia. How are you doing?
13: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
5: Sure. Your piece in the New York Post, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, why politicians can't stop passing absurd laws. Um, <laughs> I think it makes them feel good deep down inside. I really do.
13: You know, I, I think the, the the fundamental problem is that we've got a lot of politicians that uh, forget what their job is. And uh, and that's that's our job, to remind them what their job is and make sure that we are... Uh, hiring people, um, to represent us who can actually stay focused on the things they're supposed to be doing, uh, like making sure our taxpayer dollars are well spent and that, uh, you know, our, our persons and property are safe, our civil liberties are protected. That's the job. I think it gets boring to a lot of these folks. Um, and so they end up doing uh, ridiculous things like the ones we discussed in the article.
5: Yeah. So you, you do have a, a, a number of examples. Um, what are, what are some of your favorites?
13: I mean, you know, you have the the old school ones. I mean, I, I came to this thing, uh, to this idea, because I was remembering uh, these, you know, books that I had read as a kid that I loved. Right, the no don- donkeys can't sleep in bathtubs in uh, in Arizona. Uh, you can't fish from horseback in Utah. Um, and I started thinking about, you know, this is really not all that different from some of these things that uh, some of these lawmakers are proposing now. New York State is contemplating trying to compel Chick Fil A uh, to stay open on Sundays. Um, you've got states where you have to have uh, a government-provided license to be a florist. Um, California just uh, passed a law that requires um, uh, uh, retailers to provide gender-neutral toy aisles. I'm not even sure what that uh, exactly means, um, but you have to have gender-neutral toys uh, in a specific section of the store. And so uh, politicians... Uh, I think scoring points with uh with their friends, but uh not actually doing stuff that you know that that they should be focused on.
5: You know, the Chick-fil-A thing is interesting. I actually predicted that years ago when they were going after Chick-fil-A, and I said, you know, at some point they're going to try to force them to be open on Sunday, and people said, ah, it's ridiculous, that's ridiculous. New York's argument is Chick-fil-A is at the rest stops on the New York State Thruway, and Sunday's a popular day for people, so they they should be forced to be open. Clearly, it's a violation of their First Amendment rights, but... New York doesn't care, and they don't certainly care about the fact that, well, you know, the free market, there are other options uh, besides Chick-fil-A, and also, by the way, you knew that when you signed the contract with them. It wasn't like Chick-fil-A lied to you and said they're open on Sundays, and then, you know, gotcha after you, 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 know, you signed the contract with the New York State Thruway Authority. Um, but somebody likes the grandstand, and there's always grandstanding politicians. And that leads us to another thing, too, which is the banning of the gas stoves. And we, we were told it was a conspiracy theory. It wasn't true, even though we know that Richard Tromka of the Consumer Product Safety Commission 100 percent thought he had the authority to ban gas stoves. And then what happened? States turned around and just did it themselves.
13: Yeah, yeah. I mean, New York, right, is, is in the midst of doing that right now. Um, and it, it's amazing. We're, we're told that this is not a thing. Uh, you're, you're a crazy person for saying that government is trying to ban gas stoves. Also, government is trying to ban gas stoves. Um, and you know, it's a, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, uh, perplexing, right? Like, um, you know, you're, you're crazy for noticing the thing that they're doing. Um, and you know, and you just, you see this kind of play out all the time where, um, you know, until it's done, uh, you're not allowed to notice that, that they're literally doing the thing they're trying to do.
5: Some of the other examples you point out, uh, you can't call almond milk, milk which is stupid um i mean everybody knows it's not from a a freaking cow like people know that you know what i mean like you don't have to say you don't have to ban the word uh california they want to ban people from putting up signs for lemonade stands and garage sales. lemonade stands mean, we hear about that all the time casey maddox of of the kids who try to sell lemonade stands and then the city comes and busts their chops because they don't have a permit and the board of health hasn't been involved and but i mean what you can't even put it as a a sign advertising your, your lemonade stand come on
13: yeah, it's nuts I mean these are I mean, we we need to be teaching kids to to be entrepreneurial um, I mean look around at at the you know the next generation. are we really thinking that it's a, a problem for the next generation to be learning uh you know how to actually contribute to society uh, to be uh active and and try to do something that creates some value for somebody else that's this is a positive um and and yet somehow uh You know you want to ban kids from from advertising these things i you know on the sign theme, you also have uh states or actually the federal government now um telling states that uh they need to to cool it with interesting signs um on the roadways uh that you know so you'll have states or localities that put up signs that will you know tell people um you know to uh, remember their seatbelts or you know or things like that, but they'll try to do it in interesting ways. Uh, to get people's attention, and the federal government doesn't like that. They don't want them to be interesting anymore. Uh, Please keep it boring. Um, right. What are what are we even attempting to
9: do here, guys?
5: Yeah, and some of them are stupid. I mean, they're flat out dumb. You know, it's like ho ho ho. Put down the phone, and you know. I mean, I saw one today. A Valentine. Be my Valentine. Buckle up. I mean, they're dumb, but at the same time, the federal government doesn't need to ban them. If if the state right. highway department thinks it's cute and they want to put them up, I mean, fine. It's not a big deal. I think it's it's. It, I think they're idiotic. The messages are not very smart, but they're written by bureaucrats, <laughs> so they're not going to be that you know compelling well, and, right. and creative.
13: You don't go to them for comedy, right? Um, no, that's, <laughs> right. that's certainly true. But, um, but at the same time, look, uh, you know, if, uh, is it really the thing that we need uh, federal lawmakers spending their time on? I, it, it came to my, my attention the other day. It's been since 1996 was the last time that Congress did its very basic job and passed its appropriations bills on time. Mm-hmm. 1996. We haven't had a functioning federal uh, budget plan since Taylor Swift uh, was a country singer. And uh, and yet we've got all these other things that we've got politicians that will will spend all their time on, um, but not on the, the very core, simple job, frankly, boring job that is being a legislator.
5: But there's another point to this, too. And that is that in addition to the legislators, we also have the regulators who make laws. They promulgate rules under the guise of laws. You know, the obviously the the herring fisherman boat case before the Supreme Court is a great example right. of that with the, um you, you know, the Chevron case. But there's also, you know, the Bureau of uh, Land Management gets to make make rules that have the force of law. I mean, there's a lot of that that happens, too. And we have no idea how many rules and regulations that we're breaking on a day-to-day basis we have no many that are have no idea how many are even out there and the legislature if they don't like it has to pass a law to undo it but nobody ever thought regulators would get to actually make the rules that would come with things like fines and jail and bans no
13: that's 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 absolutely true i mean this is uh, i mean frankly if you read back through the Declaration of Independence, the idea that there would be people who are unelected by us, who have the power to create things, uh, create laws that would put us in jail if we violate them, that, that sounds exactly like the kind of thing that the Declaration of Independence was written about. Um, you know, people who, who we did not elect who have the power to put us in jail. Uh, same concept. Uh, and yet, we've just sort of gotten used to this idea. And you know, I think these concepts are are linked. When you've got lawmakers, I mean, the argument will always be, well, but we need these regulators making all these decisions because lawmakers don't po- can't possibly have time um, to uh, to make all of these uh, you know necessary decisions. It's, first of all, they're not necessary decisions, and second of all, maybe they would have more time uh, if they spent their time on uh, on those questions and not on questions like. Uh, should Chick-fil-A be open on Sundays.
5: Yeah, well said, Casey. Well said. Well, keep up the good work at Americans for Prosperity. Casey Maddox, Vice President of Legal and Judicial Strategy. We'll post a link to your article in the New York Post. Thanks, my friend. Thank you. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else?
3: Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
5: So climate activists nutjobs just ruined the display of the Constitution in the rotunda of the uh, nation's capital. Uh, I'm sure they'll be charged, just like the January 6th uh, people will be charged. I'm sure they'll be locked up uh, without a lawyer, and uh, I have no doubts about that. Uh, security stands around doing nothing for several minutes until they are finally arrested I think we have some audio from these whack jobs as well. That's the big story of the day today brought to you by, or the big story of the hour brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Go see him for your perfect smile today, venariadental.com. We are awaiting an update from the Kansas City police to give us an update on the shooting at the Super Bowl parade. There's all kinds of videos out there of the crowd actually tackling one of the shooters. Um, it's very possible the press conference might be starting. I see a man who looks very official with a suit on walking to what appears to be a microphone all right let's let's take a let's jump in here and take a listen here.
10: I'm not seeing what you're seeing.
5: I'm seeing a, a man speaking at a microphone right now. You're not? Are you on Fox? Yeah, yeah, I'm not seeing that um. It's he's he's talking right now. Breaking I, I, news. Think, I think
10: I'm a little behind you. I see a guy walking out now.
5: Okay, can you get, all right so you'll pot it you'll be behind yeah, me. Okay, yeah. I see. We're on different systems here. It's a oh it's the Kansas City Mayor, Quentin Lucas. Okay, that's who's speaking right now. Okay,
10: yeah, he's
13: coming up.
5: All right. Um, the press
13: conference here. Let's take a listen
5: our
14: Fire Chief, Ross Grundison. After I'm done speaking, Police Chief Graves will give details on the incident that happened earlier today. A few things that I want to make sure we note at the outset. Uh, First today, we had 600 Kansas City, Missouri Police Department officers, 250 from outside agencies. We went out today, like everyone in Kansas City, looking to have a celebration. That celebration was marred by a shooting today. And we recognize that there are some who are injured. We are praying for the safety of everyone. I've talked to a few different uh, folks so far. One, we have spoken to the Kansas City Chiefs, who made clear that their prayers are with everyone who was at the parade today, everyone in Kansas City, and everyone who was touched by this incident. They also noted that their players, coaches, and staff are all accounted for at this point and safe. We however note that this is a fluid situation, so all that we are sharing now may change as the hours go ahead. We've also received a call from the White House that offered all federal assistance in the investigation. We had federal agencies present today. We appreciate that, and certainly in the days ahead and the hours ahead, we will make sure we continue to do this work. I will say personally, first, a thank you to the women and men of law enforcement, to the women and men who work with the Kansas City Fire Department and our other agencies. When the shooting started, I, like many others, ran and ran for safety. I saw a number of agencies, including the Kansas City Police Department, officers with guns drawn who were running towards danger. We thank them for that. As I was leaving the scene, I saw members of our Kansas City Fire Department administering aid to folks who were seriously injured without concern for the shootings and the challenges that were near them. This is absolutely a tragedy, the likes of which we would have never expected in Kansas City, and the likes of which we will remember for some time. However, I want to say thank you to those who are making sure that we are safe today, those who are investigating this incident, and those who will continue to make sure that those who committed these acts today are brought to justice. We'll come back for some questions at the end of the chief's comments, but now the police chief, Stacy
1: Graves. Chief Stacy Graves, Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. At the conclusion of the chief's rally today, there were shots fired on the west side of Union Station. Immediately, officers responded to the area, took two people into custody, and also immediately rendered life-sustaining aid to those victims. We're still gathering information on the number and the status of victims, but like I said, we know that one of the victims is deceased. We also know that officers ran towards danger. Officers were there to keep everyone safe. I'm angry at what happened today. The people who came to this celebration should expect a safe environment. We had over 800 law enforcement officers, Kansas City and other agencies, at the location to keep everyone safe. Because of bad actors, which were very few, this tragedy occurred, even in the presence of uniformed law enforcement officers, who again ran towards them and took them into custody. To the people who were injured in this tragedy, our hearts go out to you and your families. This investigation is just beginning, and we are working safely to clear all surrounding areas and businesses. This is still an active investigation. Uh, we will continue to keep you updated. We will keep you updated on Twitter, and most likely a follow-up uh, press availability. Did you have anything? you saying one of the shooters is stuck? No. One of our victims has been declared deceased.
5: This is a, uh, the chief of police here, Stacey Graves, but she's being drowned out by the sirens.
1: Right now, we have up to 10 to 15 injured. Like that. Yes, right now, we do not have an exact number of people who were victims of a gunshot wound. It could be upwards from 10 to 15 with one deceased, are in critical condition at this point. I do not have conditions on our victims just yet.
2: Any believed to be children?
1: I don't. I do not believe that any of them were children.
12: Any law enforcement injured in this first response? Um,
1: nothing of note.
12: Chief, what prompted? What do you, what, what do you guys believe now prompted the issue?
1: We are. Still, that is still under investigation. Uh, I myself was outside when I heard the shots fired. It is an ongoing investigation. It's going to take us a little bit to determine exactly what led up to the shooting. I will say though, we do have two suspects in custody. There are questions circulating reading. on social media that may have helped detain. I have. I have heard that as well. I have heard that that fans got involved in the apprehension or the pursuit of one of the suspects. I cannot confirm that right now, but that is something that I have heard myself. Is
4: yes. Response time because you take 10 to 15 minutes to get there. So
1: you talk about when this started, sort of a timeline from there to the point where your officers responded to the point where you had K9 team helping to the scene. Absolutely. As soon as the rally. Included, there were shots fired on the west side of Union Station. Officers were on scene in the area. I know one of these suspects was immediately pursued on foot. Um, like I said, there's two suspects in custody. I have heard uh, the information that was just requested. I will confirm or deny that. Um, but after that, Immediately officers began rendering life-sustaining aid, calling in fire, which is the the fire department, to uh, also assist those victims.
12: Do you know if there were more than two people taken into custody? Because we had two people, after you guys had made your announcement that there were two people in custody, two people live on our air being taken, handcuffed, put into a van. So can you tell us about that and the process as this investigation
1: continues? I don't know exactly the two that you're talking about that that your camera caught. on on video being loaded into a wagon i don't know that but i can tell you that uh in and around that scene it is still active um not active in in necessarily threats but it's a very active scene we're still investigating this is still early on um, we still have parties that are walking into hospitals Chief
15: Graves, do you know anything about the suspects in terms of where they're from are they from
1: i do not know that but that's something that that i also will be finding out we
15: were hearing
9: upwards of maybe 20 shots. Can you talk about the number that you heard? While you
1: were I'm here? hearing 10 to 15, possibly 15, with, with the one um, that is uh, deceased.
16: And do you know anything about the timing? It seems odd that it's waiting until
11: the very end of the rally.
1: I don't have anything about like I can't give you an answer on the timing. I can just say that uh that's when it occurred and we are investigating what led up to that. Maybe once we get some of those details, we'll know why that happened at that time, but right now it's just it's still too new. Grape's in one
9: incident or multiple incidents that's that that, injured multiple
1: that is something that that is under investigation. Mayor Lucas,
4: you talked about how you were on the ground and you yourself That's a run for safety. I understand we're still waiting on a timeline and trying to understand what exactly happened. But we were having a Super Bowl parade, and this is what the country is talking about now. What is your message to this city at a time like this?
14: I second the comments by the chief of police. I'm heartbroken. First of all, I'm praying for the victims and the families impacted. I start with them. Um, I'm incredibly upset, disappointed. I was there with my wife. I was there with my mother. Uh, We never would have thought that we, along with Chiefs players, along with fans, hundreds of thousands of people, would be forced to run for our safety today. I think that I'll let the investigation shake out before coming any further conclusions, but I think the initial response absolutely is anger. You know, we have done a number of these now, and this is a day that a lot of people look forward to, something they remember for a lifetime. And what they shouldn't have to remember is the threat of gun violence marring a day like this, injuring them and their families. This morning, I was actually thinking about bringing my child, as many people in Kansas City did. And I don't want us to have to, in our country, for every big event, think about a concern of being shot. As the chief noted, we had a lot of law enforcement officers there today. They did exceptional and outstanding work, and I will second that again, because on your timeline point, I was inside of Union Station, we heard something, number of us start running, and I see a stream of officers going the exact other direction, in, with guns drawn, ready to address danger. And that was the, the situation throughout, people who responded absolutely immediately. But I wish that we lived in a world where they wouldn't have to do that. I wish we lived in a world where we wouldn't have to see incidents like that. But I'm as heartbroken as anybody. We will do a, a full and thorough investigation. Mayor, I hope that Kansas we bring whoever this is right to now, justice. after the
9: shooting, And we will continue
14: to try to make sure that we can be as safe as possible. However, when you have people who decide to bring guns to events, when you have people who are deciding to try to mar events, celebratory ones like this one, all of us start to become members of this club that none of us want to be a part of which is those who have experienced mass shootings. I hope for Kansas City this is one of the last times we experienced them. Were oh,
10: the, the players in any danger, any Sorry, going... in,
12: in
14: danger at, at any point? What's that? Sorry, I'm going... Was I in danger? No, were any players. Of the the Chiefs players. You know what, I, I think we'll let the investigation take a look at that. The police department responded effectively, I think incredibly quickly to make sure that people would be out of harm's way. That being said, a number of us had to flee from a situation because we heard a sound of gunshots. So I'll let you answer your own question in terms of whether you think that's something that puts you in danger or not. Um, in my view, anytime shots are nearby, you don't know where they're coming from, you don't know who's firing them and all of that, then perhaps there is a, a situation of danger. This but, is a question yeah, for guys. fire.
9: Thank, thank can, I, I, can I ask oh, a so fire question? question?
13: Of the no. 10 to 15 injured, that you say, are all of those
9: gunshots, I want to have A sense of how many, or are some of those also critical and injury? We, we've covered that we, uh, we no, don't have that I, information. I that we just have that. a fire answer, question, question how on. How 10
1: to panels. 15 is what we have, potentially 15, one deceased. I don't have a condition on the other gunshot uh, victims. Uh, those are all gunshots. Though. Correct. Okay. So, so correct. We don't know how many. One fire question no, I because, I because Chief Graves said that we're going, going to have, to have a lot injured. of updates later, guys. Okay. We've got to
9: go inside and gather this information. I appreciate it. Where
15: are the updates, Jake, later?
5: All right, so that is the um, information we got. Two people have been taken into custody. There's a video of the crowd tackling at least one of the shooters. We don't really have a lot of details on uh, a motive or anything. One of the victims is deceased. I'm sure we'll have a lot more information, I would imagine, as time goes on today um, before 6 o'clock. We have a short show today at 6, but we'll keep you updated throughout, clearly, as as, as time goes on. We don't—there's not— you know, there was no indication of what the motive is or, or who these people are. We didn't get any of that. We just got, you know, the Kansas City police, they're incredibly brave. They they did a great job and they responded. Uh, the mayor spent a lot of time commending them for that. But beyond that, we don't really have a lot of details other than possibly 10 to 15 people have been injured and uh, at least one person is dead. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it was hard to hear at, at times with the sirens in the background. I don't know why they need to do it outside versus inside. buddy of mine, who's a retired police captain, texted me the same thing. He said, you know, who, who holds a press conference outside like that where you don't control the environment? It's embarrassing to be drowned out by emergency services sirens as bosses of emergency services. Uh, but uh, nevertheless they um they came out and spoke i don't know if there'll be another briefing before we get off the air if it, if there is we'll bring it to you live this is obviously a very very big deal and uh we'll keep you updated all right we got a big five o'clock hour ahead for you we got 30 minutes of non-stop talk we have um a lot of updates on what's going on in washington with the border bill the so-called border bill which is really just a, obviously about getting our money across the border of ukraine so all that straight ahead don't go away
3: Rich the only weekday afternoons, 3-7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is The Drive at 5. 30 minutes of nonstop talk with Rich Zioli.
5: Oh, yes, the CIA spying on the Trump campaign, getting no coverage by the corporate media, as you could imagine that would occur, no coverage whatsoever, but we'll talk about it for you. Uh, the so-called border bill, which is, of course, getting our money across the border of Ukraine, the battle goes on there, and uh, shooting at the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City. We'll keep you updated on on all of these things as uh, as time goes on today. We are only with you till 6 o'clock, though, tonight because... we have basketball. Um, But anyway, in the meantime, 855-839-1210 and on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you would like to weigh in. Now, the the report about the CIA and these foreign intelligence agencies targeting 26 Trump associates illegally before the 2016 Russia collusion, collusion claims even came out. Um, it's a very big story that Michael Schellenberger and Michael Mike, uh, uh, Matt Taibbi broke. The U.S. intelligence community asked foreign spy agencies to surveil 26 associates of Donald Trump in the run-up to the 2016 election, which triggered the allegations that the former president's campaign had been colluding with Russia. Former CIA Director John Brennan, who I've told you many times over the years should be in prison for lying to Congress— He is one of the worst people ever, and he also, as the director of the CIA, broke into the bipartisan Senate skiff that was investigating the enhanced interrogation slash torture. But, you know, nothing happens to him because he goes on and he screams about Trump being a threat to democracy. This guy is the absolute – one of the reasons why the Constitution uh, is is basically meaningless at this point in the country because guys like him have destroyed it in the name of – keeping us safe which is a bunch of malarkey they've used it to turn this country into a police state where they use their federal law enforcement and national security powers to advance their political agendas so former CIA director John Brennan identified and presented the targets to the US's intelligence sharing partners in the so-called five eyes agencies the intelligence gathering organizations in the US United Kingdom Canada Australia and New Zealand the report, identi- the report by independent journalists Schellenberger, Matt B, and Alex Gutentag has not been confirmed by the New York Post. They cite multiple unnamed sources, including ones close to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, led by Representative Mike Turner. Turner's office did not respond for comment. The U.S. intelligence community has identified the 26 Trump associates as people to bump or make contact with or manipulate, one source told the outlet. In spy speak, bumping is when a reason is manufactured to meet with a target of interest in order to develop a relationship that could lead to intelligence. They bump the person. It's different from the bumping that occurs, say, in the mafia where you bump somebody off or something like that. They were targets of our own intelligence community and in law enforcement, targets for collection and misinformation. Britain's government communications headquarters intelligence apparatus, which is known as the GCHQ, was making contacts with Trump associates as early as March of 2016. They were making contacts and bumping Trump people going back to March of 2016. You know, I was one of those Trump people back in March of 2016. I don't know if I was ever bumped, but I was down in Mar-a-Lago, you know, doing debate prep with Trump, as you know, and... um I mean, a lot of the people that were on the campaign in the early days, it's funny because it was really a hodgepodge of an operation back then, much different than it is now. And Jared Kushner was really the, uh, I mean, he was the guy that was really running the show. He was asked recently too, is he going to get involved again? He said, no, he's staying in Florida. He's happy with his, he's got a hedge fund or something that he's doing. And he said, you know, there's a whole professional campaign team and they're running the show now. And, you know, he's not, he doesn't want to be involved in it. But, But back in March of 2016, It was a very different world. Um, We really didn't know um, if, uh, you know, he was going to ever be accepted by the Republican Party, you know, if there was going to be an attempt to switch him out of the convention or not. But we were prepping for the big debate in Miami back in March of 2016, where we're still Rubio and Cruz. And um, really, at that point, it was, you know, is Ted Cruz going to going to beat Donald Trump? And there were a lot of people who were advocating for Cruz back then. It was a very, very vicious fight, if you can remember. But it was early on, and Trump was not yet the de facto nominee. That would, that would not be until a few more months. I mean, I personally think that the Miami debate was the end of it. I think he, he you know closed it down after that. But it would still go on for quite a bit. But they were nervous, obviously, that he was going to win. They were nervous that he was going to be the nominee. So they started doing all these things back in March of 2016. Now, you know, when you're in the 26th floor of Trump Tower, which is where his office was, and you sit there and you talk back then, you know, Hope Hicks, Corey Lewandowski, um, you know, the, the, the sons were there. You know, you, you talk shop and talk policy. I mean, Russia never came up. But you, you got to wonder how many of those conversations they were listening in on. You, know, you just have to wonder because obviously they were so terrified of this guy that they created this idea of Russia collusion. I mean, they came up with it. They just created this. Our government, Barack Obama's administration, Barack Obama's CIA, created Russian collusion. They made this up. I know that everybody thinks the dossier is what started this, but, you're, but that's not correct. The dossier, first of all, this fake dossier that Hillary Clinton's campaign had, that was what they used as their excuse to investigate the Trump campaign. But the dossier was was not something that was considered to be an official document. They knew it was a fugazi. They knew it was. They used that as the MacGuffin. Now, they say in movies all the time, what's the MacGuffin? Like for example, um, some of my friends today are watching Quentin Tarantino movies for valentine's day obviously because one of tarantino's first movies i think his first movie was true romance and there's a great my, one of my favorite movies, Pulp Fiction. And the whole thing about that briefcase, you know, what's in the briefcase? Is it Marcellus Wallace's soul? Is it, nobody knows, right? It's a MacGuffin. It's, it's there to keep the plot going. It's the, you know, it's the papers in Casablanca. You know, I got to get your papers and leave. Something has to keep the story going. And that's what they call that plot device, MacGuffin. The, the dossier was the MacGuffin to use to keep justifying the spying of the trump campaign but they knew it was a fugazi they knew it wasn't real they knew that and yet they did it anyway and they did it anyway because they were terrified of trump then and they wanted to stop him don't forget these people would keep doing this even after he was president of the united states of america they didn't stop when he became president they kept going (sighs) They were making contacts and bumping Trump people going back to March of 2016. They were sending people around the UK, Australia, Italy, the Mossad in Italy. MI6 was working at an intelligence school they had set up. A uh, spokesperson for the British told the outlet that claims it was asked to conduct wiretapping against the then president-elect or nonsense. Oh, please. Intelligence related to the alleged surveillance effort is housed in a 10-inch binder, according to the outlet, which Trump ordered to be declassified at the end of his presidency and could contain evidence that multiple U.S. intelligence officials broke laws against spying and election interference. The whereabouts of the alleged thick binder are unknown. The Trump campaign and the CIA did not respond to the post request for comment. Warrantless surveillance of U.S. persons is specifically prohibited by U.S. law. But as you know, they violate that all the time by stretching the limits of Section 702 of the FISA Act, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. It's what I talked about earlier in the show. This needs to be absolutely 100% reworked before it's reauthorized or don't reauthorize it because as of right now, there's there's such there's such leeway for the deep state to be able to use it against American citizens, that they're so brazen about it, they used it against a political campaign. They literally used Section 702 of the FISA Act to infiltrate the Trump campaign. To this day, I don't know why he ever reauthorized it. I don't know. I really, I, I'm sure, well, actually I do know, because people around him said, you know what, Mr. President, uh, even though they used it against you and tried to bring down your campaign, um, we don't want a terror attack happening. And, but I hope to God, if he gets back in there, he does not do that again and i and i hope to god it does not go through unless they make serious reforms but they won't what they'll do is they'll kick the can down the road again and they'll say well you know we have to worry about terrorism and none of the people who get in tr- none of the people who abuse the fisa act and spy on american citizens get in trouble for it no one at the fbi i mean just ask yourself this lisa page and uh her her boyfriend all right uh strozak peter M- peter strozak mr strozak peter struck and lisa page they're free they're walking around they're, they're nobody got they didn't get in trouble they literally have text messages those two lovebirds saying we can't let him win we he won't we'll stop him we'll stop him meaning we the fbi and the department of justice will stop him and nothing happens to them no one gets in trouble. You know, the Durham report comes out and it shows how all this was an entire Fugazi, the entire Russia collusion based on this fake dossier. But it wasn't the dossier was not you can't make an intelligent argument and say that the dossier was what started all this. What started all this was their desire to stop Trump. The dossier was just what they used to keep the the plot going. But the but the plot of the movie was stop this guy at any cost. And that and that that started at a time, I think, even before 2016. I think it started in 2015 when they realized that this guy had a legitimate shot of winning and they couldn't control him. You know, if Jeb had gotten the nomination with an exclamation mark, Jeb would have been fine. He would have played ball. He would have been OK. You know what I mean? It's like Nikki Haley now. She would have played ball. She'd be OK. That's why they're not trying to stop Haley. It's why they'd be fine if Haley wins. If Haley's the nominee, they won't Biden will stay in the race and they won't care. But they cannot let Trump in for another four years. Uh, It was called the revenge tour by Maureen Dowd in The New York Times. Good. I hope it is a revenge tour. I hope he does take revenge against these people who abuse the Constitution. I do. I hope he takes revenge against these agencies that think that they can spy on American citizens, infiltrate political campaigns, use the power that we gave them to keep us safe from terrorists against us. I do hope he takes revenge against that, and, I, and I, hope he, I hope the revenge is swift, and I hope that that revenge means that people are held accountable, that people are charged, that people are fired, that agencies are reformed. I hope all those things happen. Yes, I'm Italian. I like revenge. I do very much, and they're terrified of that, and I'll tell you what, he's not going to make the same mistake he made last time, which is to bring in all the hacks, of the RNC and the establishment and bring them in and advise him. He's not gonna do that this time around. He's learned from that. This time around he goes in and he realizes the battle as president he has to face, which is his own administration. I mean, think about it. All these people worked for him. All these people were part of the executive branch of government. The NSA, the CIA, the FBI, the Department of Justice, they all work for the president. They are all under the executive. And they all tried to undermine his candidacy and his presidency. You talk about trying to undermine your boss at work, which... (laughs) Well, we may be doing a lot of in the coming months, and uh, Matt DeSantis, but um, I digress. The point is that um, you, you think about undermining your boss at work. What, what this was was an all-out effort by the people who worked for the president of the United States of America in the executive branch to destroy his presidency. And nothing happened to them. They tried a coup against this guy. I mean, let's not, let's not play word games here. It was a coup. They just weren't successful. They almost were, though. Their goal was use Russia as the bad guy, tap into that Republican sentiment, you know, from the 80s with Reagan, Russia, bad Russia, Trump's a bad man, Russia, and then have the Republican Party turn around and impeach him, remove him from office as being a Russian agent. That was their goal, or at least at least so cripple him that he's able to get nothing done. That was what their goal was. And that's why they used Russia. It wasn't an accident that they used Russia. Russia. Russia is always the beloved bad guy in the movies, in the spy movies, in the books, and everything else. It's a great, for the plot of the movie, of how you stop Donald Trump, you can't think of a better villain than Russia. Former FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith was sentenced to probation in 2021 after admitting that he falsified an email to renew a wiretap against former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. Probation. Page had been wiretapped uh, after intelligence sources suspected that he may have been targeted by Russian spies. The wiretap, which was approved by the Secret Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, was reviewed several times after it was first granted. This is the big story of the day today, by the way, brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Go see him for your perfect smile. My buddy, my friend, the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. So they go after Carter Page. They, they, these FISA court judges also approve. I think it's something like 98.9% of all the warrant applications that they get, all the warrant requests. So the judges are not really there to secure the Fourth Amendment and secure liberty. What the judges are there to do, they're there to make sure that the um, FISA warrants are approved. That's really what they're there for. It's a joke. It's a a joke. It's not a real it's not a real judge looking to make sure that the Constitution, the civil liberties of the person are protected in any way, shape or form. Last March, special counsel John Durham concluded that the FBI investigation of Trump's uh, Trump's alleged collusion with Russia was seriously flawed and had no basis in evidence. In response, the FBI said it, it had implemented dozens of corrective actions, dozens. There are dozens of us since the improper Trump probe and the missteps identified in the report could have been prevented had the reforms been in place in 2016. In 2022, Taibi and Schellenberger were involved in the publishing of the Twitter files expose, which detailed how the social media giants previous management team sought to silence controversial voices and suppress news items, such as the New York post reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop. Shocking anyway um this is why you know to just blindly renew section 702 of the FISA act would be a absolute joke but you know one of the reasons why i kind of think there's and i know susie's gonna get mad at me but i kind of think the michelle obama thing you just can't dismiss it outright is it think of all the stuff that's coming out about obama's administration Think of all the stuff that's coming out about just how corrupt that place was. Joe Biden used that place as, as, a, as a brothel, basically as a brothel, to make money with Ukraine and China and Romania. And God only knows who else. And, it is all, and, and it, Obama was the one in charge during all this. And it was Obama's CIA that started to spy on an American citizen running for president of the United States and 26 of his associates. See, I got to think to myself, if I'm Barack Obama, and as I'm trying so hard right now to keep my legacy pure, um, I don't want any of this coming out. And it's coming out. You know, and if, he, and, and if they lose to Trump, all bets are off. You know what I mean? So they, they just can't. I just don't think they can risk it with Biden. Think, the stakes are so high. You know, the stakes right now are so high. And not only that, but the military-industrial complex and the war in Ukraine. You know, Elon Musk, for example, came out and said that um, the Senate's foreign aid spending bill is not going to do anything to stop the war. It's not going to help Ukraine. It's only going to prolong it, actually make things worse. Here's what Elon Musk said, cut number five.
17: The the really important thing to to bear in mind here is that – this this spending does not help ukraine prolonging the war does not help ukraine. This is very important to appreciate um, i I think it's it 's fantastic like America wants to be the good guy you, you know that 's actually pretty rare. We actually care about what, whether we 're the good guy or not <laughs> most countries don 't um, and, and and we want we want to keep that we want to do the right thing we want to help people. The the problem is prolonging the war and and having sacrificing the flower of Ukrainian youth and, and we should have some sympathy for the Russian youth as well. It's not like they want to be there. Um, and having all these boys die for nothing is wrong. And it needs to stop. And that's what it comes down to.
5: He did a Twitter spaces, too. Senator Mike Lee, J.D. Vance, Ron Johnson. By the way, thanks to my buddy Dawn Stensland. She is the best. She just... Uh, texted me some breaking news locally, former Philly police commander, Joe Bologna, acquitted of assault charges. Uh, That's great. Joe's a terrific guy. And um, I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. Good. That's excellent. I'm glad he's been acquitted of those assault charges. We'll have more on that for you, but that just happened. And uh, she texted that to me to update me on that breaking news. So thank you, Dawn, for that. I appreciate it very much. Um, Mike Lee, JD Vance, and Ron Johnson had a brainstorm on Twitter spaces about the Ukraine border deal. And also on the call were Vivek Ramaswamy, David Sachs, and Elon Musk. Here's a little bit of that conversation. Cut four.
17: Well, what is the rationale given for sending vast sums of money with no accountability to Ukraine? This, how is it in, in any way defensible? What, what is the, or at least what is the defense that they say that no, this is why we should not have any accounting of how the money is spent?
8: Yeah, Elon, it's Judy. And here's the basic argument. Uh, It's that we have to rush resources to Ukraine immediately or they're liable to fall to Russian aggression. And it's all basically an argument made under the gun that unless you approve this appropriation of resources and weapons, then you will allow Russia to win. So it's a kind of moral blackmail And, you know, every negative story that comes out of Ukraine, every, you know, item of corruption that David and Mike have just pointed to, these things sort of get brushed under the rug. And if you don't support this, then you want Vladimir Putin to win. And that's the moral framing here. So the other argument that you sometimes hear folks make, Elon, is that the money has been entirely well accounted for. And even some of our Senate Republican colleagues in private and meetings with Obama administration senior or sorry, Biden administration senior officials will say, well, this has been the most properly accounted for money in the history of any American conflict. It doesn't even pass the smell test. And they'll admit to you that it's a complete lie when you push them on it. But it, it, it becomes this sort of sunk cost fallacy. Where these guys can't admit that there is corruption. They can't admit that there's no strategy. They can't admit that this isn't going well because if they admitted that, it would cause too much psychological harm and they'd have to cut bait. Well, well what about even retroactive uh, examination? You know, if, if there's an urgency to
17: the money, the one can understand, okay, the, you know, if, if Ukraine's going to fall apart without saying the money, then there should at least be. Subsequent accounting and accountability for where the funds are
8: sent and prosecution where there is corruption. That's where they fall back on the argument that the money is already properly accounted for.
5: <clears throat> the other point, too, that was made, and um, I think this is a, a, an excellent point that was made as well, which is the the escalation fact here. You know, this is this is you're just going here. Russia is not going to lose. And that's the point. Russia will keep going. This is where you get into the argument. And it drives me crazy when people say, well, you want Putin to win or you're pro Putin or you're pro Russian or anything like that. No, you're just acknowledging the facts of the circumstances. And this is where I've said to you before, if the United States of America really believes, I mean, really, truly believes that stopping Putin has to be done because otherwise he will roll through NATO and he will start World War Three and our kids will be fighting and blah, blah, blah. Then have that debate in Congress and pass a resolution to authorize it and then stop him because otherwise he's going to win. He's going to win. Now, I don't buy that theory. I don't buy that theory at all. I think that he's going to stop at Ukraine because he's not going to fight with NATO because, yes, that would be a response from the United States of America and the other NATO countries. So I don't think he's going to do that. And even Nikki Haley said Putin's never attacked a NATO member. So I don't believe that argument. But if they really believe that, then have that debate, take a vote in Congress as per the Constitution, and then actually do what needs to be done to stop that. But you see, it's not true, though. That's the thing. They don't really believe it. It's a lie. They tell you that to get you to support it. Well, you don't support Ukraine funding now. Then it's going to be your kids fighting this war. It's a lie. And they know it's a lie. But have the debate and then see if you can authorize that. And if that's the case, then then you do whatever you got to do to win. But they're not going to do that because they know it's BS. Uh, Here's a little bit more of this. Cut number six.
12: Well, first of all, I think we all have to understand that Vladimir Putin will not lose this war. I, I state it that way as opposed to Ukraine can't win. Vladimir Putin will not lose. Losing to Vladimir Putin is existential to Vladimir Putin. They, uh, Russia exactly. has four times the population. They have a much larger industrial base. Again, I said Russia can produce 4.5 million of those shells a year. We're not even up to a million a year. The average age of a Ukrainian soldier right now is 43 years old. And David, I heard you uh, quote the Time magazine article. There are other quotes from some of, top's, some of Zelensky's top's aides uh, say that even if the U.S. and its allies come through with all the weapons they have pledged, quote, we don't have the men to use them, unquote. So the fact of the matter is, if you're worried about the people of Ukraine, you have to understand that probably about 100,000 of their soldiers have been killed. As there been about 100,000 Russian conscripts? I take no joy in that. 40,000 civilians hundreds of billions of dollars of ukraine has been destroyed the only way this war ends is in a settlement and every day that the war goes on more ukrainians more russian conscripts die more civilians die more of ukraine gets destroyed they'll have to be built so again sending 60 billion dollars as added fuel to the flames of a bloody stalemate makes no sense whatsoever as evil a war criminals putin is he's not going to lose this war and our colleagues here just aren't willing to accept that reality and they're living in a fantasy world think that ukraine can win this thing they can't
17: G- david uh, that's exactly right i think that, that 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 is an excellent summary of the situation the you know w- w- when i've raised this this point people have, of course accuse me of being some sort of putin ap- uh, apologist um when, when in fact um my companies have probably done more to make i mean. Uh, undermine Russia than than anything. Um, I mean, Sp- SpaceX is, has taken away two-thirds of the Russian launch business. Um, the S- Starlink has uh, overwhelmingly helped uh, Ukraine. Um, I, I, <laughs> you, you, I mean, it's, it's a, such an absurd uh, accusation. M- my concern is exactly what you articulated. Um, if you have an, an extended war of attrition, every day that goes by, there are Ukrainian boys that are, and, and not even boys anymore, because they're running out of boys, um, that you're that you're losing Ukraine is losing people every day and if if you're going to spend lives it must be for a purpose uh and not not just uh you know a, a mile here a mile there in fact a mile ba- back and forth the lines aren't moving
5: well there you go in fact there's another study that says Russia can sustain this for for years to come and um it's a problem meanwhile you know they use hypersonic missile, apparently. Um, Their technology is very advanced. My point is, we have to stop pretending like all these checks to Ukraine are actually going to beat Vladimir Putin. And if the United States of America really believes, really believes that we have to stop him now or he will conquer Europe next, then they need to pass a resolution authorizing that. And then we got to fight him now and beat him in Ukraine. But they don't really believe that because they know it's BS. It's the excuse they use to get the money. It's not true. They know it's not true. They keep telling you it's true because they want you to be okay with sending another $60 billion to Ukraine. That's the bottom line. That's it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. I tell you the truth. I peel back the curtains on this stuff and I give you the real deal. That's what I do. It's what I do. Uh, listen, Emmons Roofing and Siding, my great friends at Emmons, They do a terrific job. And if you would like to have your bathroom remodeled, Emmons can remodel your bathroom in one day. That's right, one day. Just go to EmmonsRoofing.com. Or you can go to the Emmons Design Showroom. In Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Hammonds, I've used them for over six years with our house. Our roof, siding, windows, doors, they've done it all. And kitchen and bathroom remodeling. That's right. Kitchen and bathroom remodeling, too. They did that in our old house. Bridget was thrilled. And happy wife, happy life. So please reach out to them today emmonsroofing.com Matt and Stephanie and the entire team will do a great job for you. You can have your bathroom and kitchen remodeled before you know it at a great price with great people. They serve Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and Jersey Shore if you've had any storm damage, get it inspected. Emmons they are they are they work directly with your insurance company to have any of that damage repaired very quickly. And if you have a shore house, get that roof inspected as well, because minor, minor uh, repairs that are needed now, if they're not dealt with, can turn into very costly repairs when the warm weather hits. This is The only Show, on
3: your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, in the free Odyssey app.
5: Oh, yes, she, she is. is. Yes, she is. Uh, yes, lots to talk about, but listen. I just wanted to mention um, a local story here because I know him and he's a he's a he's a good guy, and I'm happy that uh, the jury did the right thing here. So, ex Philadelphia police inspector Joe Bologna found not guilty of assaulting a protester during the 2020 racial justice demonstrations, as the Inquirer puts it. Of course, you know that those are the summer of love after uh, George Floyd died. Joe Bologna was acquitted by a Philadelphia jury on charges of simple assault and possessing an instrument of crime. And uh, good. If you remember, there was there were all those riots and there was not they were not peaceful protests. It, It was it was they were rioting and there was an issue with a baton and a temple student and they charged him. And of course, Larry Krasner went after him because Larry Krasner is a is a demented demon one of the george soros funded prosecutors who is hell-bent on going after cops and hell-bent on letting criminals go free and a philadelphia jury on wednesday found the 57 year old not guilty of simple assault and possessing an instrument of crime reaching their decision in only 30 minutes Bologna's defense attorney, <clears throat> Fortunato Perry Jr., told the jury during closing arguments that his client's life had been a nightmare during the three and a half years since he was arrested for his actions during the June 1st melee on the Ben Franklin Parkway in Center City. <clears throat> he said, finally, somebody took a long, hard look at the law in this case and found that Joe Bologna did nothing other than his job that day. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Now, the defense rested on a section of the Philadelphia Police Code that says use of force is justified when a subject, in this case, the 21-year-old at the time, Evan Gorsky, resists arrest or appears to threaten bodily harm. District Attorney Larry Krasner, the cancer of Philadelphia, when asked about Bologna's acquittal during an unrelated news conference, said that he had no criticism of the jury's decision. But his office was obviously hoping for a different verdict. Quote, I know that the culture and the system the culture in society tends to give every benefit of the doubt to law enforcement who are charged with crimes. We accept this outcome. I am proud of the fact that our investigations unit works so hard to try to get justice in ways that my predecessors never even tried. You know why they never tried? You jerk because these cops that you go after are the good guys and you let the bad guys walk free. Listen, don't, don't doubt me on this. When I tell you that Larry Krasner and his mindset, this Marxist mindset that he has which is all these prosecutors around the country, all their George Soros money, all these guys believe that this is how you take over and change America. You don't do it from the top down. You do it from the bottom up. And you start by getting district attorneys in there who will actually be public defenders because their belief is that the criminals are the victims and the cops are the bad guys who perpetuate the hierarchy and racism and white supremacy and blah, 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 blah. So, um i'm happy this is this is good this is justice and i'm i'm sad that it took years of, of his life to deal with this but the good news is the joy came back in 30 minutes in philadelphia and acquitted him think about that for a moment think about that um amazing all right uh so good for joe i have a clip of bob costas and bob costas um a lot of common sense on trans-identifying athletes, by saying that we can't throw common sense out the window, and good for Bob Costas for saying so. Cut number nine.
4: I mean, obviously, a lot of people are saying, "Is it fair? No, Is it's it not fa- fair. To, not fair to make some uh, women biological to compete against someone in the Summer Olympics who
16: was uh, 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 the opposite sex in the Winter Olympics?" <sighs> Without getting too deep into this, people may not realize this. The individual federations that govern these sports make up their own rules. So World Aquatics may have different rules than FIFA or uh, the Track and Field Association. So I understand that when it comes to Olympic boxing, that federation will allow trans women to compete against biological women at at birth, biological women. That seems crazy. And you don't want to be called. It's not transphobic to say, let's inject some common sense here. A lot of this is murky. Right. And we don't, we don't want. We, we know that, that, that some people who use this as an issue actually are hostile toward trans people or people who. They right. a carefully considered decision at a certain point in life. Decide that they'll be happier and closer to their true selves. I think any sensitive person is aligned with that. Right. But Sugar Ray Leonard didn't fight Mike Tyson. They were contemporary. Sugar Ray was a welterweight. Mike was a heavyweight. All right. If someday the best player in the WNBA can play in the nba everybody would applaud but if the worst guy at the end of the bench on the worst team in the nba went to the wnba and averaged 40 points a game everybody knows that's bull right, so-
5: and look you can be compassionate but still say it's ridiculous that you're letting biological dudes compete with women i mean you could be compassionate but it's ridiculous and it's wrong and you should say it's wrong you know, and, and and it's not fair to the women. It's just not. But, you know, the problem, though, and this is the point that I think Bob Costas miss, misses, is that for it's not about hostility towards trans people. I think he's wrong on that point. You get hostility towards people like Riley Gaines who defend women and defend women's athletes, female athletes. They, they're the ones who get the hostility, actually. It's not the trans people. And, and I don't defend Riley Gaines and go after the fact that Will Thomas is a dude because I hate trans people. I do it because it's not right that he's competing against her in the pool. He wants to go live his life as a, as a she. I mean, knock yourself out, man. I, I don't – you you do you you. I'll do me. Just don't make me pay for it. Live your life. But when you start taking things away from other people, that's where I have a problem with it. That's not – anti-trans or transphobia that's just defending the rights of women and yet people like riley Gaines are actually the ones who receive no compassion and are called horrible names and are called um bigots and everything like that so bob costas is wrong on that point you can be compassionate about how people live their lives and you should be because as long as nobody's hurting anybody else that's you know you're an adult go live your life i don't care but if you are taking something away from somebody else in the course of doing so Then it's wrong. And then you don't deserve compassion. You deserve criticism. Bottom line. Um, All right. I got I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff. You've had this in the cut sheet for a couple days, Matt DeSantis, this Democrat representative with a $50 minimum wage proposal. I want that. Finally, finally. $50 an hour?
11: (laughs) Yeah, it amounts to, I think, $104,000 a year, by the way. Sign me up. Yes, please. (laughs) Yes, please. Uh, This is in California, obviously. Yeah, this was during their big debate to fill uh, Dianne Feinstein's vacant Senate seat. This is Representative Barbara Lee.
16: Just do the math. Of course, we have national... Minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage, you're talking about $20, $25, fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when
5: we calculate this wage. <laughs> Do the math. $50 minimum wage, I'm trying to understand, that works out to be $104,000 a year? Yes, Exactly. <laughs> and it's not just her. I mean, they're all looking to do this, right? Well, no. I,
11: I mean, Adam Schiff actually didn't walk down that path with her. Katie Porter probably was in agreement, but Schiff, I, I believe, has got a pretty uh, hefty lead over everyone else. So he's basically just trying not to screw up at this point. Just not Don't embarrass yourself, I think, was his strategy for the debate. So he didn't say anything. But, um, yeah, I'm sure Katie Porter, she's, you know— Uh, She's part of that Elizabeth Warren School of Economics, so she probably thinks it's a brilliant idea, too. Well, we endorse that idea on this program. (laughs) Uh,
5: (laughs) 104 grand a year sounds pretty nice. That's a minimum wage. I agree. I mean, come on. Obviously, that's a no-brainer. 50 bucks an hour? Yes. (laughs) Sign me up um <clears throat> Sopranos actress uh Drea de Mateo she played Adriana um the Sopranos Oofa Adriana oh man sorry it took me back a little bit too... <laughs> she was great uh, she's still hot I know I know and she didn't get the COVID shot and they I guess blacklisted her in Hollywood because of that Did you know to... that
11: I, I did not know that but we should try to get her on the show
5: Get her on the show. Let's See if you can pull that off. You haven't pulled off any big name <laughs> guests, so uh, why this not? One I
11: might be able to pull off. My sister knows her somehow. Really? Yeah. Well, my sister works in journalism and knows a lot of people, but that's one individual that I think she speaks to fairly regularly, so perhaps we can make it happen.
5: Get her in the studio, and I'll actually come in the studio that day. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great to see her. I would love to be in studio with Adriana. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean she hasn't had a lot of opportunities. She said since she turned, since she was she she wouldn't get the the COVID vaccine, and she said that she was um, denied opportunities as a result of that, which I think is not fair. Uh, she was on Megyn Kelly's podcast. Take a listen.
15: With all of the conservatives out there in the last three years, it was the only safe place to go and find some semblance of truth for me. Um, I felt more aligned with a lot of a lot of the things they were talking about. However, there are some social issues that I would still stick to that were my old school issues, but but never condemning someone else for having a different opinion about something. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I couldn't understand that was happening during the Trump administration. And then it got worse, in my opinion, in the Biden administration. I think people, I, I really do think that the left is way more um, just angry and This is supposed to be the hippies and the, you know, the people that really do care about equality and inclusivity, and then all of a sudden they are the ones shutting everything down, shutting everyone out, condemning freedom of speech, condemning everything.
5: There you go. Uh, Good for her. Yes, get her in studio, Matt, to sink the traitorous. You can do this. I'll try. You can do it. You can do it. Don't try, do. There is no try, there is only do. Don't you remember what Yoda said?
11: (laughs) No, I don't. I haven't seen any of those Star Wars movies in a long time.
5: Henry, what's your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, by the way? Mm.
10: That's a good question. Uh, Also also Django. Really? Yeah. Hmm.
5: Over Pulp Fiction, huh?
10: Yeah, I don't want to sound too basic by saying Pulp Fiction, and I don't want to sound too, like, crazy if I said, like, True Romance, because he didn't really direct that movie.
5: No, he wrote it. He didn't direct it. Yeah. But Reservoir Dogs, he did both. Hmm.
10: Yeah, I mean, all of his movies except for, uh, yeah, True True Romance and, uh, what was the other one, Death Proof? Yeah.
11: Oh, that's a bad movie.
10: Yeah, that's not, I'm, I never saw that one. I'm actually. excited for the new one coming out. The castings are leaking out slowly. And then he did of course the Kill Bill movies, which were great too. Yeah. So. Have you have you heard about this new one? No. The movie critic, it's his tenth and final film. I have not. Yeah, he casted uh Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in it so far.
5: Well he did um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? That's my favorite yes. Tarantino movie. Yeah, that was movie. Is that your favorite Tarantino uh, movie? It's one of my all time favorite movies, period. Um Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I think that's a really good one. Um, Road Warrior says Bob Costas also just called us all a rep- reprehensible cult in the same interview. Did he? I was looking at the update on the um, shooting. Did he say that? We're a reprehensible cult? Well, not in that clip, but he's, oh, a different he's
11: not a uh, fan of Donald Trump oh, no, by he's any not. stretch no. of the imagination, no. and he made that abundantly clear during his conversation with Bill Maher.
5: Jackie Brown. That's a good one, too. <laughs> Jackie Brown. Um, <clears throat> all right we got to get out of here soon we have basketball tonight that stinks it's really looking forward to doing another hour yeah i hate having <laughs> to leave early I know oh well well we'll be back tomorrow but they're going to do a, an update on the shooting in Kansas City at I guess six o'clock so um, we have basketball on you'll have to go someplace else if you want to hear it I guess it's the only thing I can say um, alright well thank you for listening to the show today appreciate it very much we'll come back tomorrow we'll do a three and a half hour show tomorrow so your basketball can tomorrow that's okay don't worry like I said I'm on solo dad duty so I can handle it while my wife's away and my father in law is helping out so it's okay I'm not uh, don't cry for me. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Uh, I do want to thank our friends at McCausland Lock Service, though. They're great people, and they do uh, great support of our Travis Mannion Foundation Radiophon. Every year we do that, and um, McCausland steps up every year as well. Now, if you need to have your, let's say let's say you've lost your car keys or your key fob is broken, you got to call McCausland Lock Service. They are the experts you need to repair, replace, reprogram original factory remotes, transponder, keys chip keys and more in addition to major makes they also can help you with various bmw mercedes volkswagen and audi vehicles they can help you while you wait and the best part is they charge up to 50 percent below what you'd pay at a dealer They are a full-service locksmith, and they are available for whatever you need, and they are dedicated to delivering superior customer service. So please reach out to my friends at McCausland Lock Service today, 610-430-1500. Tom and Chrissy are great people, and they'll take great care of you. They're conveniently located on Route 420 in Prospect Park, PA. And and Lock Service is proud to once again support the Travis Mannion Foundation Radiophon that we will be doing in March, just a couple weeks from now, actually about a month from now. Um, and McCausland steps up. So we're really grateful for their support. and Lock Service. Uh, let me just say before I wrap up today that um, you know, there's other stuff I didn't get to, but um, I didn't I'm not going to play it. I don't have time. But uh, a Fox News anchor, John Roberts. <laughs> Ended his interview with Nikki Haley by just saying to her, "Why, why are you going through with this? Because she's going to lose in her home state and also every other state. Um, pretty funny. Maybe we'll, we'll get to it tomorrow. Have a great rest of your night tonight. Enjoy it, and we're back with you tomorrow. Keep the conversation going on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you.
3: Rich Zeoli weekday afternoons three seven, Talk Radio twelve ten, WPHT, and on the Free Odyssey app.
6: How powerful is Cox Internet?